to... You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. Better alive, you are coming with me. And I did what I had to do to win, but somebody wouldn't let us win. We got one! Yeah, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in, but the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. What are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? No, Neil. Trying to tell you that when you're ready, you won't have to. Hey guys, welcome back to License to View. This is the weekly podcast where two best friends get together to talk about culture news. It is an early Saturday morning. Super early, yeah. Uh, I'm Jason, that's Zach. What's going on, man? It's, uh, I'm tired. I know, man. I feel you there, man. Uh, yeah, I had to work late last night. The way they have the show set up now is that, like, now it's like, I had to, I had to actually work in the building. Because I've been working in at home for the past couple of weeks, but I actually had to go in the building because something with the scheduling. I don't know, but whoever's working in the building, you usually have to like booth multiple shows because there's not as many people in the building anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was there till like midnight last night, like Jeez. just working my shit. So yeah, I was super. I'm super tired. Um, you get OT for that, or they just your schedule. They adjust the schedule, and I saw that, and I was like, "This is the biggest hunk of bullshit." <laughs> I gotta do this extra work, and then you're just gonna work around it. Oh, it's like rotating producers doing that. Is that what it is, or? Yeah, it's um, the way that they originally talked to me about it is that it's gonna be two weeks on, two weeks off. So I just finished up my two weeks of uh, working at home. So for the next two weeks, I'm gonna be working uh, in the building. So. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I remember you mentioned that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. My situation's already weird because, like, I'm working on the weekends, and they basically are, like, they basically told me that it's, like, it doesn't matter if you're, like, working at home or whatnot, like, on the weekends, like, you're in the building. And I was, like, well, then what's the point? Because, like, that's, like, half my week that I'm, like, not working from home. It seems kind of pointless. Just stick me in the building the whole time. Like, why am I doing this back and forth? I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know. Hey, could be worse. Yeah. You could be like me, which is, like, I'm there all time, always, no matter what. (laughs) I'm at work regardless. No, no matter what the issue is, I'm there all day, every day, all day. Yeah, that's true. But besides that, besides you being tired of shit, uh, yeah. what have you been doing, man? You been checking anything out? Checking a few things out. So um, on your recommendation, um, just to start off with, was that I watched uh, In Search of the Last Action Hero. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, to get kind of prepped for this. Um, that documentary, it feels like it's in a weird spot because it, it is – it is at one time chock full of shit, but at the same time, it's like very surface level where it's like, cause it's, I mean, it covers the span of like, you know, from James Bond being like the very first, like prototypical, like action movie of like what action movies kind of like that framework, like started off as to like, you know, early 2010s, like action movies. And so it spans like, you know, a long breadth of time. But in spanning such a long breadth of time, they only get – they, like, hit mm-hmm. certain things, like, briefly. Like, I feel like – I mean, the big the big movies definitely got, like, you know, five to ten minutes. Um, but there's a lot of smaller stuff. Like, the stuff that I was more interested in was, like, definitely the stuff with, like, 
Cynthia Rothrock and like mm. her generation of like female action heroes and like I feel like that was like almost barely touched upon because they're just like hitting so much shit mm-hmm. um, you know because I mean Predator got like five minutes and like a lot of Shane's black sh- a lot of Shane Black stuff got a lot of time obviously because they got him so they're gonna you know talk yeah, about yeah he's his stuff. I, mean, I mean he's also definitely but he's also yeah the, done pro- the probably the biggest iconic. name in the documentary yeah. And he's, um, you know, and he's done some of the, especially like from behind the camera, he's done some of the more iconic oh, yeah. action movies that are out there. So it makes sense that like they're going to be talking to him and getting his perspective on it. Now. But, um, but yeah, so I so look at the documentary as if you don't know anything about action movies, yeah, this is going to give you a, a humongous primer. Yeah. Oh, now, sure. if you want to go do the research, that's yeah. when you insert scott atkins podcast you know art of action where you he actually he explains all the stuff he talks to everybody Mm -hmm. but if you don't know anything about early 90s video store direct to vhs action movies and you don't know who cynthia rothrock is or you know or china o'brien or whatever well then Mm -hmm. this gives you an idea that that they exist you know because even for me who is a humongous this is my favorite genre of movie in general is action movies and then you break it down even further. My favorite genre of action movie are martial arts action movies. Break it down even further. My favorite genre of movies are VHS, straight to DVD, you know, blockbuster. Those, those, that's my favorite genre of movie is that. That's what I grew up watching, right? Right. And even though that's my favorite genre of movie, I still found new shit to watch because of this. Oh, I definitely found new you shit. Know what well, I mean? I mean, it's, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely found new shit to watch because of this. Um, like, I'd never even heard of the guy who did, um, oh, what was it? It was like the best of the best, best of the best series, yeah. I think is. I'd yeah, never even Philip heard Reed, of that. Yeah. yeah, I'd never even heard of that before. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like, I definitely want to check that out. And like, I know Cynthia Rothrock from uh, Red Letter Media, where they did one of her movies. So I kind of know mm-hmm. of her from then. But I really hadn't like heard too much other stuff like about her. And so like seeing that like she had her own like actual like series. I don't. Had her, yeah, her own series mm-hmm. that was like it must have been like mildly popular because she got a series out of it. So, um, well, this is just funny because this is obviously related to Scott Atkins, but um, mm-hmm. he he interviews Cynthia on his, on his podcast, and he's a picture mm-hmm. of him in like the early '90s when he's like a teenager at a blockbuster in England with a, with a picture with him and Cynthia Rothrock, <laughs> where he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna be in the movies one day," and she's like, "Okay, I'll see you in the movies," and autographed it, whatever. He's like showing mm-hmm. her the picture. Hey, here's, here's a picture of you and me for like 30 years ago, or whatever the fuck. Where I told I told you I was gonna do this. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. Her. Her. She does. Yes, madam. That's her. She mm-hmm. does. Uh. China O'Brien. That. That's her big big series. Um. Mm-hmm. And she was fantastic. And like a lot of the Hong Kong stuff. She's like. I never saw a white girl do that shit. Yeah. Until I saw her do it, you know. Um, yeah. That, that's why I get so mad when I see these fucking shitty. We can get into it later, but this is that's why I get so mad when I see the modern day action movie and they mm. insert like these female actresses who don't try. Yeah. Like the ones who like Charlize Theron tries. Yeah. You see her try on Atomic Blonde, she's trying. I haven't seen the old guard, but I'm assuming you said she tries. Uh, she's she's I mean, she's got decently good stuff in there. I think her best action scenes um I mean she's got better movies out there, but I mean yeah, I mean Charlize Theron is, yeah, I think one of the ones that like really tries to put in the work. She's trying. She's like, she's like Keanu, where she's trying. Maybe not as much as Keanu, but she's trying. Yeah. But yeah, these movies with like these actresses who are on like soap opera, TV type shows, or drama mm-hmm. shows who like 
I understand why they're getting them because because it, it's a, it's money, it's advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie will get made solely on this actress's fame, but they're yeah. not trying. So they give you the born fight, and that's the most annoying yeah. thing. Most annoying thing in the world is the born fight. Yeah. Um, but to me, the documentary who's the, is made by Oliver Harper, who's a big YouTuber actually. Mm-hmm. And he has a really big YouTube channel called Oliver's like retrospectives, whatever. He makes half hour long <clears throat> movie retrospectives or whatever. And he's making he's making a new documentary. He just just announced it like last week for a Street Fighter two. Oh fuck yeah! So there's that, and then obviously uh, this documentary to me is one of my favorite ones I've seen in a long time, purely based on just his history of action movies. That that to me is like perfect. Yeah, you know, and I like that a lot. There's two more uh, in the same vein called like one's called like In Search of Darkness, um, which is about horror movies, which I won't touch. <laughs> um, and there's a part two coming out. There's also In Search of something which is about sci-fi, 80s sci-fi. Okay. Um, that's that's being made now. So there's there's some good stuff, man. And like I said, this documentary in particular, even if it's like it's a history map of action movies. Yeah. But if you want to know about like. Bruce Lee or something, you need to go watch a different documentary. You know, if you want to yeah. dive into it. Yeah, I think it's a really good roadmap of, like, giving you different branches. If uh, Specifically, like, if you find something that piques your interest in the documentary, I think it's really good of, like, yeah. giving you the roadmap of, like, where to start your searching. Like, if you're interested in, like, female action stars, and you, like, start with Sincere Rothrock. If you're interested in, like, you know, foreign action movies, then you start with, like, you know, Best of the Best, of the best or something along that line, or um, you know, you got Michael Jai White. He's a big part of it too. Um, so, um, so yeah, I was interested in that aspect. I really, I guess, I don't know why. I like the roadmap aspect for it. I, I guess I just wasn't prepared for like how deep of a dive that it was going to be. I thought it was really going to be more focused on just like the eighties action oh, movies. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be more centralized to that. And so the fact that it was like much more spanning of like action the action genre in general mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. was unexpected for me, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, I, I've seen it three times now. Just, just purely based on like, okay, how can give me some actors and then give me some movies and then mm-hmm. let, me, let me write down stuff that I had missed so I can watch it for later. Yeah, you know, but uh, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm... Yeah, for sure. Um, so I did that. Um, another thing that I watched was I watched uh, an oldie but a goodie for me. Okay. Was uh, I watched the original Mission Impossible. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the movie. The movie. Okay. Um, fuck, dude. I love this film series so much. <laughs> right. I, I love I, I, I don't. You don't? I think No, I think it's good. I, I will watch every single one when it comes out, but I'm not, like, in love with it. Mm, I think I'm in the minority where I'm, like... I'm like in love with these movies. Like I love the Mission Impossible franchise. Um, I don't know what it is. I think maybe just something about Tom Cruise. But um, but yeah, I mean the first one, uh, super clever. I like it a lot. You know, gets off to the jump with like you go from heist to heist, and uh, I think the pacing in this one is probably a lot better than like a lot of the later movies. Um, just because I really feel like uh, for this one, I feel like it cuts out a lot of the fat, and it really is just like. Bam, 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 or like heist to heist to heist to heist to heist. Like, um, I think the pacing is really, really strong with it. Um, but it, I mean, it's weird, like going back to watch this after, like, you know, we're like six films into the Mission Impossible franchise, but it's like a lot of them are just like 
copies of the same basic structure, which mm-hmm. is like it starts off with like he's working for IMF. He gets betrayed for some reason. He's got to figure out why he's betrayed, and then he gets in IMF's good graces again. Right. And that's like the whole basic structure for like all six movies, and I still love it. Yeah, you would think that like after a certain point, they would just understand that maybe he's not actually doing anything wrong. Yeah. Like he's probably okay, right? It's more like yeah. we're we're in the wrong because we keep accusing him. Yeah. Of some shit. Yeah. You know, he saved he saved the world and saved our our random ass the uh, government agency a thousand times. Maybe we should give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah, you would think so, but I don't know. Something about the IMF, you know, doesn't really have the best uh, people in charge. Even though I think by like Rogue Nation, I feel like he no Alec Baldwin's in charge. Never mind. Yeah, Alec Baldwin's in charge. Um, but yeah. Um, so I watched that. That was a classic. Uh, well, I don't know. I got yelled at by my directors because apparently it's not old enough to be a classic. I was like, this movie's well, about. Well, what's their what's their reasoning? They said it wasn't old enough. How old are they? Uh, I think they were born in like the seventies. So so they, so they think that the ninety movie's not a classic. I guess not. Um, I was like, this movie's about as old as I am. Like, I feel like it's a classic to me. Well, I I don't even think. I think I get what they're saying, mm. um, but I don't think that matters because there are movies that set – I would consider Commando a classic. I would consider yeah. Terminator a classic. I would consider T2 a classic. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. T2 inspired how many movies? Oh, yeah. I mean, how much money did T2 make? Is Titanic not a classic? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. So how are we gonna say it's not a classic because it's because it's only, you know, thirty years old or you know less than that? Yeah. But how much money did it make? That's a classic to me. Yeah. For sure. Um, but um, but yeah. So I watched that. That was a fun time. Um, I didn't. Uh... Hold. Did they give you an example of what they considered a classic though? Real quick. Did they give you any example? I know they gave me one, but like I was so fucking tired and like out of it that like I don't even remember. But um, so I'd be curious if it's like some bullshit, like fucking, some shitty ass movie that they think is a classic. I don't know. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I know they like spat something out there. Okay. Um, but I can't remember what it was. Um, I tried to watch another movie, but so I tried to watch because I know we talked about it. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I wanted to try to watch the crows, the crow movies on mm-hmm. uh, on Netflix Japan. Neither one of these movies have English subtitles on Netflix Japan. So annoying. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, all I wanted to do was sit down and, like, watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And now I can't because I don't speak Japanese and I don't know what the fuck's going on. They're, and those movies are fun, too, man. I know. I'd seen I, – I know you talked to me about them when I talked about um, the fact that they were coming on to Netflix Japan. And um, you told me that you'd seen them. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll be down to watch these. You know, it's like, you know – Young kids, gang, street brawling type of stuff. Like, I'm always down for those type of movies. Those are always fun. But I was just like, I don't know. Super disappointed. Also, it's like, I don't know. I could understand if it was like a newer movie, but I mean, it's like over 10 years old. Yeah, it's not It's not new at all. Yeah. So, and I mean, there are other movies that are Japanese movies that have English subtitles. So, it's like, why do these not? So, they have a little thing where they like have a complaint thing. And I was like, this movie has no English subtitles. Yeah. Well, they probably assume, but, like, why would you? Why would we need them? Because it's in Japan. 
Yeah, but I feel like they have a, especially the way Japan is now, I feel like, you know, their whole, a lot of their population is based off, like, immigration and whatnot. And I feel like a lot of people that immigrate there, you know, yeah, they're, not a lot of them speak Japanese. Their so. immigration is not as much as ours. Well, the, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, they're a smaller they, country. I think, like, they, I think they live in, like, 100 people a year. For actual, like, for actual, like, residents, yeah, I think it's, like, 100 people or some shit. Mm. They're crazy protective over their people. It's like Australia. Which is weird to me because, I mean, from everything I remember seeing, it's like, you know, Japanese people just aren't having babies anymore. So It's a reverse pyramid. Reverse pyramid population, man. Yeah, Um, the young people aren't getting married and not not making no babies, so. Let's see, because I remember seeing, um... What's it called? Some an article about how many people they let in, mm-hmm. and it's like people always pull Japan like in this giant, you know. Okay, so here here's a Wikipedia article. Obviously, take it with a grain of salt. Mm. Uh, with the estimated population of one hundred twenty seven point eleven million in twenty fifteen, the resident foreign population of Japan is one point seven five percent. Oh wow! So nothing. That's not yeah. That's not that much at all. Um. Yeah, it, it's two million foreigners in twenty fourteen. Okay. Uh, so and they they let even even let for refugee and asylum. I remember this was a big deal because because of the refugee stuff that was happening a couple years ago here. Mm-hmm. They're like letting even like even less. Like they're like they let like nobody in. Yeah. The country is so homogenous. Mm-hmm. Like growing up there, like if it wasn't for military bases, it would be all. It's all. Asian people, right? Like in some sense, Korean, Chinese, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so many Asian people. Um, like, okay, I'm gonna give you a little secret, Zach. I think I told mm-hmm. you this before, but my so I'm I'm Filipino, right? Mm-hmm. Well, my uh, my mom, her I guess her niece, my cousin, in some sense, we're like. Not 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 directly like what's the what's it called like um when they're like, they're like a circle outside of your circle, uh, like cousin second cousin or something like that. I think so. Yeah. So it's like my second cousin or some shit, whatever that is. Like a, they're my cousin, but they're whatever a little farther. Uh-huh. Well, she's Filipino and she lived in Japan when I lived there, right? When I was a kid, I was like, how the fuck did she live here? Why did she move to Tokyo? Why that's so weird? Because she was married to a yakuza, <laughs> and. He, I'm like, okay, so why did he marry her? Because he went to the Philippines and he found some Filipino bride and just brought her back, right? He's an older guy. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what Yakuza was because I was too young. Mm-hmm. My dad explained it to me. He's like, yeah, he's driving a Cadillac. Well, this mm. is Japan. Cadillacs are fucking big-ass cars. Right. Right? And he owns a club. I'm like, okay, God, okay, okay. This is, this is adding up. This is some Godfather shit. But mm-hmm. yeah, he was like 50 when she was like 30. Or something like that, you know what I mean? Interesting. And I'm like, in my mind, thinking, like, how did this happen? Did, was she a hoe? Was she a, <laughs> was she a night walker? And he came, he came to the because a huge, a huge thing about the Filipino Filipino culture, like in terms of Japan, is that they just they're prostitutes. Right. They go to the Philippines for prostitutes, and they bring them back, or whatever, for like you know, yakuza bang bang bangs or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then my mom told me they got divorced, and I was like, is she still alive? <laughs> And he was, she was like, yeah, she's back in the Philippines. And I was like, are you sure? Because they had, they had a son together. And I'm like, are you sure she's still alive? Because I don't know if that's 
I'm like, all right, if you say so. All right. Interesting. Um, no, I don't think you've ever told me that before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I when I lived there, she came. They came and visited us. My dad's like, yeah, he's a gangster. <laughs> and my, <laughs> again, my, my dad, my dad's a cop, so he he he's not like he's pulling it out of his ass. You know, what I mean, he's like, yeah, putting two and two together. He's no whatever. He's a cop, a military cop. So he's like, I gotcha. Um, small man. He's a small guy. Yeah, I, I think. Like, it's, well, that's the thing in Japan, right? Is that or in Asia in general that like. A lot of Asian people are just small. Just small, man. They're just tiny yeah. people. And I see they as though not me, because I'm, yeah. I'm not. Since I'm biracial, but like, dude, like my dad, my dad's not told my dad's only five eleven, mm-hmm. and walking through Tokyo, my dad's like a giant. And, and of course, there's Japanese dudes who are five eleven, six foot tall. Rest, pro wrestlers are six foot tall in Japan, right? But like, if you were like six five. Mm. Like if you were Shaq walking through Tokyo, like dude, you're, you're Benjamin f- Kissel. Yeah, if you're Ben Kissel, dude, you're fucking get out of here. You're so you're Razor Ramon. You get out of here. Yeah, Kevin Nash, the Big Show, get out of here. You're too fucking mm. tall. You're too uh, big. You're too big. Uh, so what else have you been checking out, dude? Um, so uh, a couple of things that I was checking out. Um, I was just playing. Uh, I really haven't been playing too much. I've been playing my mobile game because uh, the latest story chapter for that got released. Um. And uh, eh, it's fine. Yeah. It's not the best story chapter that they've had so far. Uh, it's all right. And they introduced new characters in it. And it's just like, I don't know. None of them particularly appealed to me uh, in a sense that, like, I would want to, like, add them to my team. So it's just like, eh, this one's kind of like, this one's kind of a dud. Right. Um, but, I mean, the interesting about this game, because I've been... Because this is fate. And so uh, the interesting thing about, you know, and this and, like, most mobile games in general is just, like, you know, Japan is, like, two years ahead of us, like, content-wise. And so mm-hmm. I just, like, get to see what's coming down the pipeline. And so I saw, I see, like, everything that's coming up in the next story chapter. And I was like, fuck, dude, I'm about to lose my whole wallet. Because there's, yeah. there's some fucking good-ass characters coming in this next one. Where the next one takes place in, like, because uh, the, the whole story thing for this is, like, um with it right now is that um proper human history was like deleted and all these like alternate universes of like things that could be or like fighting can get to gain control and become like the new proper human history so like the first the first story chapter was like in alternate russia where it was like uh it was like eternally in winter and like the only way people would survive is that they like merge with like uh animal dna so that it could like survive the cold so it was like all the population of Russia was like half wolf type oh. creatures. And it was run by Ivan the Terrible, who was still alive because he was like a half demon elephant monster. It's fake, so it gets fucking crazy. Right. Um, but so that was like the f- first one. The second one was like uh, an alternate, like Norse thing where like um, the population is like called to be only children in these like select villages throughout the world. And like the only way that like the population that survive is that when people get old enough, they're like sacrificed to like ice giants and like mm-hmm. that, like keeps peace. Um, so that was the kind of thing. Uh, and then this one was like a, a hypothetical China where it was like um, one of the first Chinese emperors like survived and like became immortal and basically like brought peace through China by like not letting anybody learn anything. Basically he just, he did the whole thing where it was like, you all remain like dumb, mindless sheep mm-hmm, and you'll mm-hmm. be peaceful because you won't know anything. I'll have all the knowledge and stuff in myself. Right. Uh, and so that was like that type of thing. 
Um, and then the next one is going on in India. Uh, I don't know too much about it. I just know it takes place in India. But like some of the servants that they're introducing, I was like, fuck, dude, these are some cool fucking characters. Really? That's cool. How, yeah. much, how much does it cost you every time? Uh, well, I mean, you know, if I don't want to roll any, then it really doesn't cost me anything. But, um, you know, it depends on how much I want to spend on it. I mean, the average that I spend is like, um, is like 50 bucks for like a couple of rolls. And I think that gives me like, let's see, 30 for a roll and the 50 buck pack is like 150. So it's like, it gives me like five rolls, which is like not great. Um, you know, especially with the odds in the game, but like, you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, I'm not really trying to go bankrupt. So it's like, you know, and they give you a lot of free, like summoning currency in the game that like, you know, if you're not summoning stuff for like a couple a long while then like there's a there's a really good chance that like you could save up enough to where like you know you can have a couple extra rolls right. in there um like right now um i recently tried rolling for um one of the characters that i really love uh but i didn't get her because i didn't buy anything i just used the, the stuff that i'd saved up um but she's like a, an alternate version of like uh miyamoto musashi and she's like one of my favorite character designs in the whole game she really? looks so bad um but i couldn't roll her but it was like i had like over 200 saved up to roll for her with that and so you know that was like a solid i don't know like six or seven rolls that i was able to get right um so it's not great um but just because the biggest part about it is that their rates are just so awful so it's like um and so like the the probability of you getting like the character, especially like her where she's like, you know, the highest rarity is just like, it's super difficult just cause their, their probabilities are so low. Um, but you know, I have, I have quite a few characters that I like I've, that I've been able to like save up luckily through like, you know, saving and like spending here and here and there. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not too bad. Yeah. You know, I, it's I all always, just I about like stand. moderation. I can't stand like a loot box randomization shit. Yeah. I think that's the part that like, I hate the most about it is that like, I mean, I get why, why they do it, but oh, yeah. I just, I just wish I could get to the point where it's just like, I just want her. Like, even if I could just buy like one copy for once, yeah, and I'd pay like, you know, 10 bucks or whatever and just have her like, I would just do that. So yeah, that's even worse for that because you don't even have, you don't like, I, I, I fell down the loot box hole only with overwatch. Yeah. Right. So I didn't, I had the character. Yeah. I just had wanted the skin. So it was all mm-hmm. optional shit, right? But yeah. to have to pay to potentially just get a character that that would piss me off even more. Yeah, it's the opposite with that because um, in here it's like you know you pay for trying to roll for whatever characters you want, but a lot of the not all the characters, but they have a lot of like alternate costumes for characters in game, and those are like you know you don't have to like pay money for those. You just have to you know save up the the materials that you need to like unlock the costume or whatever um but so in that sense it's like it's reversed in that aspect but right that's annoying yeah but um but yeah it's all just about moderation and like you know making sure that you're like you know like where your limits are at with like you know what you can be spending each month yeah and i try not i try not to spend like if i'm gonna spend like like then that's like all right this is all i'm gonna spend like for the month and i'm not gonna spend any more until like next and so. then you, it's also easy on iPhone if you use the fucking face verification. Just fucking Well, I mean, uh, my iPhone's too old for that, but I just got the thumbprint, so it's like boop, and then oh, it's okay. like, well, same thing. Same. Yeah, thing. so it's like it's super, 
it's it's a lot of resisting the temptation, having yeah. a strong willpower. But, oh, I um, get that, man. It's just hard. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that was the main thing I was I was uh, playing through, finishing up that, um, nice. and then um, played some more Yakuza, uh, like a dragon. I uh, didn't get too far into that though. Um, I've almost got my full party. Um, we got to the point where it was like um, um, the the main guy that you originally got your party started with um, before you get shot. Uh, spoiler, it's not really a spoiler. It happens like the first, the second chapter of the game. But before you get shot, you're like trying to infiltrate the meeting with him. He like went away so that you could get into the meeting. So he's back now along with like the homeless guy, which is like your mage of the group. So all I'm missing is like the the female, I guess. Um, I'm not sure what character. I guess she's supposed to be like a rogue-like character, I guess. Because the main, the other detective that you get is like the tank, kind of. Uh, and then, you know, um, I can't remember his name. Masago, I think is his name. I think the main guy's name, but he's like the, you know, he's your main DPS. And then you've got the homeless guy, which is like your mage. So I've got them in the party right now. Um, and so then I've only got her left, I think, because I think it's only the four party members. I don't think there's really like switching out, at least from what I've seen. I don't know. Maybe there is. But um, but yeah, uh, I'm liking that game a lot. Um, I had this problem. I don't know if you had this problem, but it was like um, – because it's gotten to the point where it's like, you know, I'm I'm like, especially with like more, doing more VTuber stuff and stuff like that. But I feel like I'm almost always constantly like listening to something else while I'm playing, especially when like playing my gacha, like my fake game or like Genshin, where it's like, you know, there's really not a need for me to like be listening to what's going on where I can just like have a podcast or whatnot in the background. It feels weird because it's like Yakuza is like such a story heavy game that like... Mm -hmm. I don't want to like have that other stuff on. And so it's hard for me to like boot it up. Cause it's like, okay, if I'm going to boot this up, I'm not listening to anything else. Mm -hmm. Like I'm turning off the podcast. Like I'm only listening to the Yakuza. Cause like I'm enjoying this story and I like want to get more into it. But it's like hard for me like to like flip that switch in my brain where it's like, okay, I'm going to like turn the background noise off and we're just going to only do Yakuza now. Yeah. I, mean, I don't necessarily have that problem, but I understand what you're saying for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have that problem more in the sense of like, hey, I can play this game or I can do something that's that's more passive and just like watch a movie. Mm -hmm. So it's not the same thing, but I understand what you're saying because um, okay. I don't listen to podcasts that much anymore. Anyways, mm -hmm. like I have my my podcast app is just like lo backloaded with shit that I haven't listened to. Yeah. Um. So I really don't listen to podcasts that much any, anymore anyways, but um, – so I get what you're saying. I do. But I think mm -hmm. most games that I play don't need don't need audio. Yeah, Currently. I feel like most of them don't, but um, a lot of mine don't. But, I mean, there's those couple of few where it was like, you know, you've got um, – Probably if I was playing like Last of Us or something, then yeah, I would want to listen to it, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a couple of few like Yakuza, and then it was like I also wanted to try to like get back into Death Stranding. Um, yeah. Just because I feel like I really didn't give that game a much of a chance. I just – there was too – because I think that I would got that at the same time like – that I would started playing like Star Wars and like Star Wars like ended up taking more of my attention just because that's an easier game to like jump right. into the Death Stranding. But um, I've been wanting to get into Death Stranding, but it's that same shit where it's like, all right, this is a story heavy game. I'm like 
kind of turn everything else off and like mm-hmm. fucking pay attention to it because it's Hideo Kojima. If you're not paying attention, you're gonna not know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Minutes, so, um, but yeah, so it's like I don't know. I didn't know if you'd. Ha- I just was wondering if you'd have like a similar situation to that where it's just like trying to switch off that part of your brain. I mean, I, I, again, like, I don't really. I have more of a tangential thing, which is like, mm-hmm. why should I play a game? I put so much work where I can just watch a movie. Mm. Because playing a game is active, whereas watching movies passive, and I, I can be lazy and sit here and watch a movie, and I'm getting the entertainment because yeah. I'm playing a game mostly for the story, anyways. So, how about I just get the story from an easier thing, which is just shoved into my eyeballs, versus like me having to like do work to get the story. Yeah, that's why my. So this reminds me of another thing that just popped in my head, which is, what is it easy? What is easier for you to like pick up time wise? Is it easier for you to like pick a movie and like boot that up, or is it easier for you to like pick a series and be like, all right, I'm gonna like start this series? Because for me, it's like I don't know. For me, it's always more. I don't know. I feel like they're both kind of difficult because it's like I don't know if I. I feel like it gets to the point where it's like, it's easier for me to. In one sense, it's, like, easier for me to start a series because I'm like, oh, this is, like, an hour or, like, a 30-minute long episode. But it's, like, I also get in that mindset where it's, like, all right, if I pick this up, unless I really, really hate it, I'm probably going to end up, like, going through the whole thing. And so that's, like, a bigger time crutch than, like, a movie. But then it's also, like, I look at a movie, I'm like, oh, this movie's, like, two hours. So I have to, like, put aside, like, two hours to, like, sit down and watch this. So, I don't know. Um... It, it 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 really depends. I'm so I'm so picky of what I watch. Mm, okay. I'm very picky of what I watch, especially when it comes to shows. Yeah. Because um, if I don't like it within not even an episode, if I don't like it within ten minutes, mm-hmm. I'm not watching it. Okay. I don't, I, I don't. I probably start. So I do not. I am not that unforgiving. So that I'm, maybe that's I'm, my problem. No, I am. I am vicious. Yeah. Um. If you if in the first ten minutes your if your theme song sucks, I'm probably done. Mm. Okay. I'm so picky because my time is valuable to me. Right. In the sense of, like, I could be watching something that I know is good. Right. right. And the search for me to find new series that are good, it's very – it's constant. It's an everyday searching. But mm-hmm. the problem is that, like, I will not sacrifice quality or my standard for, like, to waste eight hours of my time or 12 hours or 22, 22 44-minute episodes or whatever the fuck you know. I don't – Right. I have to find something that I like about it for me to, to, to be willing to, to put the time in. Like last night was the premiere of season three of Magnum PI, right? Mm-hmm. I like Magnum PI. I think it's mm-hmm. a fun show. Is it a great show? Fuck. No, it's not. It's not as good as the original show. It's not even, it's not even on that level, but I enjoy mm-hmm. the show. And something that my girlfriend and I watch together. Cause we both enjoy it for the sake that it's like a CBS surface level stupid fucking 44 minute long oh no we're gonna solve the episode in 44 minutes right that's the kind of show that it is and i'm fine mm-hmm. with that um but i can find what i like about it. i like hawaii i like hawaiian shirts i like the 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 characters that work to work together in their atmosphere i like that right mm-hmm. but I, i've seen shows that people tell me i should like game of thrones Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones is so good. I go, okay, well, you know, I don't like about Game of Thrones. There's enough action in it. And people be like, yeah. people are like, oh, so there's action in the later seasons. Okay. Well, I've seen the first season, and it's a Game of Thrones. It's not a game of fucking Battlefield. Yeah. And, like, I don't That's care. True. I don't care about that. You know? And, like, also the yeah. big complaint of Game of Thrones is, like, there's no happiness. 
And no, I that's I don't, like a I don't miserable like that. I like no, and I like I love dark, gritty death shows. I like that mm-hmm. stuff. Gangs of London's a perfect example from recently. The Raid. I love all that shit, right? Right. But also, if everyone blows in your show, I don't fucking care. If everyone sucks in your show, I don't care. If you kill off your best actor in the first season, don't care. You know, I don't care. Um, so I'm I'm always going through Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or whatever to find a new show, and I will mm. pro- I will start episode one on a thousand shows a year, and mm. maybe I watch three. Interesting. Okay. You know, so that, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Interesting. I'll I'll power through a movie more often than not. Hmm. Still, first ten minutes of a movie, I'm like, okay, let's see what's going on. Up, oh, nope, don't like this. Move, move on. But move I, on? If, if I like the actor, I'll power through it. Hmm. I think for me, it's like I don't know. It gets to the point where it's like, I think it's sometimes I feel like I don't know. I guess it just depends on my mood or my mindset. Because sometimes I feel like it's easier for me to watch a movie, and sometimes it's, I'm more willing to like pick up a series. I guess it's more for like what I'm in the mood to watch. But like. As far as, like, I don't know. Because for me, I really don't, like, I usually am not, like, one of those people where it's, like, you know, I give this, like, 10 to 15 minutes and, like, this, that's my cutoff point. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because I'm more, like, I don't know, I feel like I'm very picky about, like, my synopsis. Like, you've got to, especially with Netflix stuff, I'm like, you really got to grab me with that synopsis. Because, like, oh yeah. if I don't think the premise is interesting, I'm, like, I'm not even going to give it, like, 10 minutes. I'll be, like, nope, scroll to the next thing. Oh yeah, that's 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 a given for sure. Yeah. You know, that that's an automatic like if you're if Netflix cover art is shitty, mm. hey, not watching it. <laughs> you know, it's it's something as surface level as that, you know, like it really is. There's, there's too many shows out there and too many movies that I haven't seen for me mm. to be like, yeah, I'm going to watch that. Like, no, you have, right. to, you have to reel me in with everything. The synopsis has to be right. And the problem is, too, like, that's not written by the show. That's written by Netflix. So right. the show could be an amazing show, but this, this insert Korean shows, a billion Korean shows on Netflix. Mm. That Korean show could be really good, but because the synopsis is a fucking Korea boo joke, not yeah. watching it. You know, or the cover art's like some fucking, like, or even here's the big problem with me with <laughs> Korean shows in particular. Is that mm. the shows? The premise could sound awesome on Netflix, right? Mm. And the cover art could actually be decent looking, like the thumbnail. But then, the main characters are always like pretty boys, like small pretty boys. Mm-hmm. It'd be like secret agent, former special ops uh... agent, and then he's like a fucking thin boy with a bowl cut. No, hey, you're twenty years old. You're a nobody. Yeah, you're nobody. Right, so I'm not gonna watch you because automatically my level of disbelief is so fucking out the door that I'm not giving you a shot because guess what, Jing Wu, you're not that. You're not that. You know, what I mean, like I know it's a TV show, whatever. Now, if you were like superhero, fucking okay, that's different. That's different. Mm-hmm. Powers, whatever. But there's so many cool like crime thriller shows that are Asian or Korean, mm-hmm. especially Korean, where it's like. Super investigator, Sherlock Holmes inspired detective. I'm like, yeah, you're 19. <laughs> you're 19. You're not a sergeant for your police department. You mm-hmm. are in college. You know? Yeah. Like, now if it was like 19 year old Hardy Boys inspired, okay, all right. Let's yeah. ch- give me, give me, give me what's going on. See the show, man. Okay. Um, Interesting. That's one of my big, that's my current big dilemma 
is Korean shows. Okay. So interesting. I haven't dove too much into Korean shows. You know, I've watched a couple of Korean movies, but not really too many Korean shows. Oh yeah, I've seen so so many more Korean movies than I have Korean shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But also a lot of Korean shows, uh, from my limited knowledge, really like so much so much romance. Yeah, that's a big it's thing. A lot for of them. romance in what I've seen so far, and like, I, that's it seems fine, like they're very but... drama heavy shows. Yeah, I don't need that. I just need some. I just need kicking. Mm. I just need taekwondo. Yeah, fair enough. That's fair. Cool. Ah, uh, well, that's what I've been checking out this week. Jason, right. what have you been checking out? I got a couple things on my list. Um, I said last week that the first thing I was going to do after the podcast was buy Mortal Kombat Eleven. And then watch oh, first, and then watch First Blood. Well, I did I, re-download Mortal Kombat 11. Okay. Uh, the first thing I did was watch First Blood. Yeah, it's First Blood. It's First Blood. Uh, and then I and then I bought Mortal Kombat 11. You can go back 11. to our old podcast episode to hear our thoughts about First Blood. You can do that absolutely from a year and a half ago or whatever. Yes. Um, and then I, da- I downloaded MK11 Ultimate. Mm-hmm. And I, only... I don't have Ultimate. I just have regular. Okay. So I realized that I like have no DLC characters, and I was like, right. uh, fuck. Yeah, I bought MK11 Ultimate, uh, or Ultimate MK11, whatever the fuck the proper title is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put a couple hours in, just kind of practicing. Mm-hmm. I played like one tower, just kind of just hanging out. Just yeah. running some combos. And Were I you told... playing Rambo, or who did you pick up? Uh, I, pl- I play Rambo for fun, but my I'm playing Liu Kang. Okay. Um, this is the best fighting game of all time. Straight Damn. up. Especially Strong words. And, and on different levels, right? Okay. One, just presentation-wise, like, why would it... It's a very good-looking game. Well, like, why wouldn't I like Mortal Kombat? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, too. I, I mentioned this last week, but I'm going to say it again. I'm not a Mortal Kombat fan. I have mm-hmm. never been a fan of the series. I've been a fan of the movies when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but the games, I played, like, three or two or, like, whatever games on the PS1, I played mm-hmm. that game a lot. But I never really like since then from to now twenty years later, fucking twenty five years later, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Never cared. Not a huge yeah. fan. Going to the arcade, not playing that. I'm playing MVC two. Yeah. You know, I'm playing other games. I'm playing you know DOA or some shit. I, I pick DOA over fucking Mortal Kombat. That's that's the kind of guy that I was. Um. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of the reasons. Mostly they're on girls. Um, yes. So, this is the first game I bought. In ever, probably mm-hmm. since that last PS One game, um, and it is very pretty, and the animation is so smooth, and to me it makes no sense why I wouldn't like it because the whole game is based on like, hey, are you an action movie fan? You know, you like fucking martial arts movies? Hey, here yeah. you go. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's exactly what this is. It's just martial arts movies. It's like fans of '80s action movies made a game. Here you go. Yeah. Um, I didn't get that till now, and I'm like, oh, okay, I gotcha. I understand. Yeah, I think more so with this one, uh, especially, you know, just, like, the terms of, like, where they're pushing DLC characters and guest characters, it feels like this one is definitely more 80s action-inspired, because the last one was much more, like... I would say the much more the last one was much more of, like, not so much an action game, it was much more, like, horror-centric. Well, I mean, just even in the sense of, like, the ca- the main... The, 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 yeah, the main the MK cast. characters, like... Like, it's a martial arts movie. Mm. Like, if you go to, like, Ed, Ed Boon's Instagram or Twitter, like, his bio is like, I make a game about robots and ninjas. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. 
<laughs> copy that, you know. Um, so I bought it, and I run through some Liu Kang stuff, so just picking characters and running through some basic trials. And I told you on text, but I'm going to say it again on the podcast, so that this game has the best training mode in if, if any, any game ever. Yeah, I Straight think up. it's... Um... I think it goes up there with um, Guilty Gear's tutorial because Guilty Gear's tutorial was also like, especially for like getting you into the Guilty Gear world. I think it's up there with like I think these I think they're two equivalent. I think they're both like the best of the best of like specifically like what tutorials can be and like what you need to be able to get out of your tutorial. No, in this game, the fact that you, you start at the very top of the t- tutorial list and mm-hmm. the basics and it goes into combos. And then advanced combos, and then canceling, and all this stuff, and then it goes yeah. breaks down the basics of every character, like in terms of like mm-hmm. what you need to play the game mm-hmm. to be effective. And then it has character specific tutorials, and then it has the ability to input moves on the screen while you're playing the game. Yeah. So I'm not having to go back to the move list. I can sit there and put them on screen and work on the combo in the middle of training whereas mm-hmm. if i'm playing street fighter i have to go back to the move remember it i can i can have the inputs there displayed mm-hmm. when i'm inputting them but in mortal kombat 11 i can have not only can i have the move on the screen but i can mm-hmm. also have the input in there so i'm seeing mm-hmm. the controller as i'm inputting it with the, the fucking the controller on the screen and i'm seeing it there on the screen where i need to press so now i'm actively seeing what i'm doing wrong mm-hmm. so it's making me learn the combo better than any other game i've ever played yeah. Um, so there's that. The characters as a whole, I have no connection to most of them because I don't play. Mm-hmm. I've never played Mortal Kombat, right? Yeah. So I don't care about fucking Black Ninja Robot. I don't don't have any connection to any of these people. Sludge Robot or Blue yeah. Ninja, not Sub Zero or Purple Ninja Man. Oh, Rain. Uh, yeah. Rain. Rain. I know Scorpion, obviously. I know Sub-Zero, obviously. I know Johnny Cage because of the movie, obviously. I know Luke King because of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Shang Sun because of the movie because he looks like the movie guy. Yeah. So I have a basic connection to some of the characters. I didn't know that Johnny Cage marries Sonya Blade. Yeah. I didn't know they have a kid. I didn't know Jackie is... I could have assumed that it was the daughter of Jax because of the name. Yeah. But like these, yeah. these characters that I don't know about, but they're all so cool looking. Mm-hmm. I haven't played story mode yet. I'm excited to play it. Um, but I have um, I, my biggest issue with Mortal Kombat 11, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing we mentioned last week on the podcast, mm. is that I spent 20 years of my life playing regular fighting games. I mean that in the sense yeah. of I can just naturally defend. Mm-hmm. Defending is not natural in this game. No. Defending is like a whole new. You have to really, like, think about defending. Yeah. This is, like, yeah, I think, especially in this game, um, more so than, like, in almost any other game, I think the act of, like, countering and defending, um, but specifically, like, defending is, like, much more... You have to think about it a lot more. Yeah, think about it. You have to, like, you have to commit to it as well. um, Because I'm just playing fucking The Tower... And yeah. I'm playing a medium, basic difficulty, and I get mm. to the top three bosses who are, like, way harder than the, the bottom three, obviously. Mm. And I think I'm blocking because I'm playing Street Fighter in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, again, also combos in Street Fighter, 
don't go on this long. <laughs> so I'm getting no. I'm getting comboed the fuck out of, Mm-mm. you know, and that's also a big hurdle for me is that like I can you can play Street Fighter and not be a combo heavy player and still be fine. You mm-hmm. can play Sagat style or not Sagat style. You can play Abel style. You could play you know uh, mm-hmm. Zangief style, which aren't super heavy heavy super duper duper combo dudes. Yeah, know, and still be fine, but. You can't do that in this game. Like you, you still no, you have, have to be, be able, able to combo. At least do like a basic combo, yeah. And like when I was looking online at YouTube videos for basic like Liu Kang combos, mm-hmm. the combo that they give you in the game is not the basic combo in reality. Yeah, that's like, hey, learn this combo. Okay, cool. That's the first part. Yeah. Now insert the rest of these parts, and I'm like, fuck, yeah. dude, shit. Okay. You know, so it's it's getting that that and also learning like the difference between like um, dialing moves and like input moves because mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat 11 has dialing moves, which is like where in traditional fighting games, at least in other ones that I've played, is like okay, you could do a combo, you input your inputs, and hopefully you hit confirm before you move into your next move, or if you're safe, you hit your move, you block, you're safe, you back up, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Rise of Mortal Kombat 11, I'm not sure if any other games do this because I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, some moves are dial in. So you, to get the combo, you have to press all the buttons. Yeah. So you have to get... Like, Luke King has this kick, which is like... And I'm trying to learn the fucking pad number. So I think I think it's yeah. forward 3, 3, 3, 3. So forward X, 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 yeah. X, right? Which is his launcher kick. He hits you four times and launches you up. Well, that's mm-hmm. a dial in. So you have, to, you have to hit all four buttons. Yeah. Or else, if you don't, you're just gonna get one kick, one low, one low three or whatever for a four or three. Mm-hmm. But also, if they're blocking the first one, guess what? You're unsafe for the entire fucking string because you're dialing. Yeah. You can't, you can't do anything till it's done. Yeah. So having to figure that out too was like, it's good and bad. Cause I, I'm a, I'm a uh, rash comboer, aka mm. I'm just gonna fucking just fucking smash mash that shit to make sure I get it. You know? Yeah. Um, which kills me in other games. Mm-hmm. Like in Street Fighter, it really kills my combos. But in mm-hmm. this game, sometimes it actually is better for me because I get the, the moves are already dialed in. Gotcha. That's true. I, I'm dialed in, baby. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'm, I think I'm that's the biggest that. thing is yeah the 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 string combos and like um, yeah I think strings in particular. Um, you know, I think it gets to a point where, like, I think there's definitely some of them where it's like, you know, you don't have to be completely dialed in. Um, but I know that the 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 input window for, like, you getting to the next part is, like, very small. Well, I, so, I, like, I'm working on this one Liu Kang combo mm-hmm. where it's, like, seven fucking parts. Yeah. And, you know, I, I dial in my first part, which is the, which is the launch or the kick thing. Mm-hmm. Then you have to wait for them to fall only so much out of the sky and then yeah. you hit you no know, one two then one two three or whatever the fuck it is one two one mm-hmm. and then fi- special to finish it out and i'm like then you have to amplify yeah. and you amplify at a certain point and i'm like it's fucking math yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean if the game wasn't fun and visually pretty and had like really great animation of like the actual martial arts stuff mm-hmm. i wouldn't have wouldn't keep playing it because that's annoying as fuck yeah. But the fact that the tutorial and the way to learn the moves is so intuitive, mm. it makes it that I don't care. Because I'm seeing myself, I can look at the screen and look at the move string and mm. input it and not have to worry about it. Right. Whereas I go for like Street Fighter or whatever, I have to press start. 
Go to move list. Okay, back, back, back. Okay, gotcha. Okay, boom. Hold, hold, what is right. it again? Whereas with this game, I can literally build the combo out in the on mm-hmm. my screen. So I can see, okay, uh, no, 2-1, blah, blah, blah. And then I can just build it up. So eventually I'm doing this whole combo because I've put it on the screen for me. Right. Where that, to me, is like every game should be doing that. Yeah, I think that's the best part. I mean, Tekken has a similar thing to that where it's like you can have one – but Tekken's thing is you can only have one move on the time at a screen or like one string at a time on the screen. And, yeah, I definitely like that aspect of it a lot of like, yeah, especially if you're trying to like learn a combo, the ability to like build out your entire combo on screen I think is super, super it's, it's amazing. useful. It's, yeah. it's amazing, especially for a game that where the whole game is combos. Yeah. It, it's – crazy to think of that games don't have like you can, in street fighter you can pull it off mm-hmm. because you're not doing this in street fighter and you're not yeah. you're not bouncing people and juggling yeah but if you fucking were i would hope that you could have like ghc cancel into you know <laughs> fucking mm-hmm. shampoo whatever the fuck you know, you know whatever but yeah um, so i'm playing that i'm enjoying that my biggest problem is that it's cosmetic there's so many costumes in this game. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm all about the costumes. I'm fine with how you get them. You get to play the towers or play the crypt or whatever. I'm fine with that. Yeah. My bit, my issue is that Liu Kang doesn't have a regular ass skin at first. He has like the evil skin. Yeah. So I have to play. I had to play some stuff with him to get the regular skin because I hate the zombie looking one. Yeah. Um, other I don't like that, the zombie looks for them either. Other than uh, that. I'm fine with it. Fine with it, you know. Yeah, it's like half the cast is like zombies at the start because they all died in in Mortal Kombat. 10. Yeah, there's like there's like five or six people, um, and no. thankfully I only care about two of those people, which is like Liu yeah. Kang and Kung Lao. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Cage is his first skin is like the old person, old guy skin, like older guys. Yeah. I don't care about that. I want like young, like mm-hmm. popping uh, Johnny Cage. So I have to yeah. work on that. But other than that, playing Mortal Kombat 11, I'm really enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple movies I watched this week. I watched uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo, which is a okay. '90s action movie with Dolph Lundgren and uh, Brandon Lee. Ooh. Which is about <laughs> love this love this summary. All right. So L.A. I believe or San Francisco, somewhere in California. Okay. Uh, Asia town. Okay. Japanese, Japanese yakuza, whatever. Right. Uh, big crime wave happening. And Dolph Lundgren is the guy who works in Asia Town. He's like their go-to Asia cop because he grew up in okay. Japan. He grew up raised in Japan because a yakuza samurai killed his parents when he was a kid. He grew up in an orphanage, so he learned Japanese culture. His new partner is Japanese American cop Brandon Lee. Okay, but he's raised. He's like third generation raised in Orange County, so he has no connection to his heritage. So white. Dolph Lundgren is more Japanese than the, than, than the actual Asian guy. And then they fight Shang Tsung and uh, he's oh, the, damn, he's the big dumb, bad like... guy. Um, and it's an action movie from the 90s and it's really good. It's really good. It's a really okay. good movie if you can get beyond that white savior <laughs> complex. It's really good and it's really fun and there's a really there's two great things about this movie and they're both okay. sexual. So my review is the movie's great. You should watch it, Zach. It's a really fun movie if you have time. Brandon Lee, it makes me so sad that he's dead. And he died, died so young because he, he... Between watching Rapid Fire a couple months ago 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've seen The Crow a thousand times. Yeah. But I'd never really dived in his career until, like, recently. And then seeing this, I'm like, this guy would have been... This guy would have been the fucking shit. Yeah. Like, he would have been amazing, you know, if he had, like, a, more time. Yeah. Um, so, Showdown Little Tokyo, with two scenes in particular that are amazing. The first yeah. one is Shang Sun, where the... Corey Hatagi, whatever his name is, Hatagi, whatever. The guy who plays Shang Tsung in the Mortal movie and the, the game now. Mm-hmm. He's the big bad gangster. And in the beginning of the movie, there's a girl who's like on to him in his crime syndicate. He's like, she's being iffy. So he okay. brings her up to, and she's like a heroin addict. Okay. She's like a white, a white blonde girl. So he brings her up to his crib, his like office, and all his, his guys are in there with him, like watching. And he's like behind her, like making out, like, Playing for boobs, like, like her okay. tip, her boob pops out. He's like playing for boob. He's like going down the downtown, right? She's like, she's like, she's like oh, right? she's like she's like digging it, and he Shang Tsung like lets his hand out to his his um, henchman guy who I who I've seen before, but I don't remember where I've seen him. I think I saw him in Three Ninjas. But okay. they're, all, they're all Japanese Asian guys. He puts his hand out while he's touching her girl's girl's booby, and then and then her his fucking henchman. Hands him a katana, boom! And okay. while he's playing with her boobies, he fucking cuts her head off. Right? Oh like, God. what? A, and then so, and that's all filmed. Okay. So flash forward later, there's another girl they're trying to kill, who's best friends with that girl, and he shows her the video of him grabbing her friend's boobie and cutting her head off to like scare her. And I'm oh like, what God. the fuck, dude? So that girl is saved by Dolph Lundgren. Okay. Not Brandon Lee. Not Brandon Lee, because Brandon Lee's like kind of like I know martial arts, but I'm still kind of a young, goofy cop. Okay. So he saves her, Dolph Lundgren. Takes her back to his place and is like, "Okay, hey, I gotta go do my job. If you hear anybody coming, you shoot them. Blow them." She, and then she, she's like, "Okay, well, what if I hear you coming?" He goes, "You won't." <laughs> Flash forward even later, they have their. There, of course, sex scene that happens, right? Right. Sexy times. So yeah. she's, she's like on top of him doing ri- ri- the Asian girl writing stuff. Okay. And then she comes back down like to, to like they're done the the post sex scene. Right. And he goes, <laughs> oh, she says, I to- I thought you said I wouldn't hear you coming. I heard you coming that time. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! She was like, I heard you coming that time or something like that. And I I literally I had to pause the movie and it was an audible ugh. (laughs) It was It's not something I wanted here to start my day. It it makes me feel like the writers of this movie, like clearly they had that line written first. Yeah. And they go, Okay, how can we get him her to say this? Okay, we'll figure it out. We'll make sure 20 minutes before this, we have this one little bit that way we can make sure that this girl says this line. Um, oh, God. So that's two things in the movie. Other than that, it's really good. Some really good action. Okay. Um, there's a cool fight scene in the movie where they're, they're at Dolph Lundgren's house, which, guess what, Zach? It's a Japanese house. He built it himself. Oh, my God. So he has, like, the wooden mats and the fucking, like, whatever. But he's got his fucking tatami mats and shit? Yeah, yeah. So okay. he has, like, a sword case and all this shit oh, of course he does so it, other than that it's a really fun movie it's just super like 90s okay um, then i watched the debt collector which is a scott atkins movie 
I feel like I'd heard of this. It's on Netflix. One and two on Netflix. Number two just came out recently. Okay. And it's good. It's really fun action, straight to DVD, Scott Atkins mm-hmm. stuff. Um, really enjoyed it. I haven't seen part two yet, but part one's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, second to last thing, real quick about wrestling. Mm. Real fast. This past Wednesday was AEW Winter is Coming, which is like their TV special that they're doing. Okay. Uh, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship. Kenny Omega... I saw something on Twitter. Yeah. Kenny Omega wins. He's the new champ. Mm-hmm. And then he runs out the building with Don Callis, who is the like executive vice president or something of TNA Impact. I saw that. And they say, hey, we'll see you on Impact on Tuesday. Okay. So now everyone's like, oh my god. I saw that, and I saw the other thing. Which Sting. is that Sting, as I guess, coming to AEW. Which I didn't know Sting was still wrestling, so... Yeah, neither did we. Okay, fair So, I, um, I'm in a Facebook group I, I talked about before, like a pop culture group. Mm-hmm. And people like wrestling, they comment on it. And I was commenting on it, and I realized quickly, I've noticed a couple times, that these people like wrestling... But they don't like like wrestling like me. That sounds really right. snobby, but it's a sense of like they don't eat it, consume it like I do. Like right. they don't break it down more like the business, right? Because like mm-hmm. I, I commented like, you know, if Sting can work, cool, I'm all about it, right? But if he can't work, I don't want to see it. And then I commented, Kenny Omega getting the belt for AEW is great, cool. Working relationship with TNA, cool, that's awesome, but that's going to put the TNA Impact Champion in a really weird booking position, because you have Kenny Omega, the best wrestler in the world at the time, right now, mm-hmm. new champ for AEW, going to a different promotion, is he going to wrestle the, the TNA Champion? Because mm. if they do, you have to pick who you're, is the company going to sacrifice their own person to win? You know, if you're going to let the guy go over, right? that's bad for your company unless you're going to allow, you know, because, so here's the booking, the booking problem. Rich mm-hmm. Swan is the current Impact Champion. He is mm-hmm. not better than Kenny Omega and everyone knows that. So right. when Kenny goes there and if they wrestle, he will not go over on Kenny, right? Mm-hmm. So Kenny would have to go over on him if it's a title match. But you're sacrificing your own homegrown champion to the other company's champion. Right. So that's perfectly fine if you're going to do an invasion-style angle. Because Kenny Omega is already a champion of two different companies. He's a champion of AAA in Mexico and now AEW. So if he comes to TNA or Impact or whatever and wins that belt, now he has three. Now, AEW has a relationship with NWA, which is owned by the guy from Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. He, could, he could wrestle that guy and win that belt and has the NWA championship, but now he could be the championship of four different companies. That could be a really interesting storyline, right? Okay. So I say all that in my comment, like, oh, it's interesting booking position. And this guy responds to me, oh, there's no way that Kenny's going to stay at, at Impact. And I was like, he's, he's like, oh, he's AEW through and through. And my, my comment was, oh, that was never a question. Yeah. Like this is this is fucking wrestling. Yeah. Kenny Omega is the executive vice president of AEW. Yeah. Why would what? Why do you what? Like think through this. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, gosh, these people are not as deep as I am in pro wrestling. Right. So I'm thinking moves ahead. Like, okay, what's what's the booking position? Because, like, there's no way. That would be like if fucking Kenny went to WWE and, like, Kenny just fucking stomps out Roman Reigns mm-hmm. and takes the belt back to a. What are you fucking talking about? Like, yeah. You can't, how do you book that? There's no good way to book that. Yeah. You know, and you can't have Kenny Omega come to the impact and not wrestle their champion because he's wrestling and wrestle mid carters. Like, yeah. Like, that's cool and all, but you have to, you would have to have him be champ versus champ. I would assume that the way you would get around that, I guess, was that you would do champ versus champ, but the first one at least would probably be a non title match. And then you get longer booking and, down and, the line. And even then, you still can't go over on Kenny. Yeah, that's true. Because Kenny Omega, no one's going to believe anyone would go over on Kenny. Yeah. The guy who just beat John Moxley? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It would have to be like, okay, Sting beats Kenny Omega. Chris Jericho mm-hmm. beats Kenny Omega. It right. can't be like fucking Rich. Who the fuck is Rich Swan? Wasn't he the guy from like the cruiserweight division? He's a that super, WWE he is doing? a super duper lightweight guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, now, I remember like, him from like, wasn't he at like the Cruiserweight 365 or whatever that when we saw that live SmackDown show? He, he like, might have been. There? He might have been. No, it could be like, the only way it could happen is like, okay, AEW, New Japan Pro, working relationship, Kenta or Tanahashi or Okada mm-hmm. comes down and those people are at his, uh, Kenny Omega's level and the world of wrestling fans understand that. Mm-hmm. But even if Kenny wins the Impact Championship, Zach... He's gonna to have to drop it eventually, so who do you have? To, who's he gonna to lose to to drop the mm. belt? You know, like I don't even know TNA's talent to be able to it, like answer that question. It's all people who just left WWE who are the big, big, big dogs. Okay. Um, so it's it's so it's so weird to me, and it's also weird for me that people don't like like think about it the right. way that I do, but they they watch it and they consume it, but they're still. Marks, and I don't mean that in a bad way, because I'm I'm not trying to be a smart mark, but like, no duh, Kenny was never gonna st- stay at TNA. We talking yeah. about? He's a millionaire. You think Tony Khan's gonna be like, yeah, let's just stay at TNA? Yeah. You fucking dummy. Shit pissed me off, Zach. Also, flash forward. So flashback a couple weeks ago at Survivor Series, same fucking group, mm. different guy. Okay. This fucking guy talked about Undertaker's retirement. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, Undertaker's gonna, he's gonna retire here. And I was like, I, I commented back being like, yeah, you know, I don't believe he's gonna retire. I think there's gonna be a new Saudi Arabia match to come out. It's gonna be a lot of money. He's gonna wrestle. I don't think he's happy with his final match being the fucking not real match. Yeah. Right? And the guy was like, no, well, he came out and said he was happy with it. I go, yeah, I get that. I get that. I just don't believe him. Because Undertaker's a very old school guy. Yeah. You don't think he's going to want to have an actual wrestling match be his last match? Yeah. He said that a thousand times in his documentaries that he loved Shawn Michaels' final match. It was a mm-hmm. match. Shawn was happy with it on his own terms. He retired. Taker never got that. Taker got the AJ Styles fucking, you know, videotape match action sequence. Yeah. Now, for maybe most people, that's probably fine, but I don't believe that Undertaker as a professional wrestler who for 30 years did not break kayfabe in that sense yeah. is going to be happy riding off into the sunset with a not-actual 
professional wrestling match between the ropes. Right. There's just no way. And these guys were not like, they, they didn't comprehend that until I broke it down. Yeah. And I was like, am I a dick? Or do people just, or am I talking to people who just think of wrestling on a surface level? I think that's part of it. And just don't dive in. Am I just more fanatical? Because like, I feel like the guys, none of these people watch New Japan. None of these people watch All Japan. They just watch WWE and they watch AW because it's the other thing on TV. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, this is easy to understand that Sting coming back to pro wrestling is a bad thing. Because WCW went under because mm-hmm. all they did was hire old timers. Yeah. Literally, all they did was hire old timers. Mm-hmm. And that's all AEW has been doing. Literally, they have all these old people on the roster who are. Knowledgeable. Do they? Who else do they have now? Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, the Brainbusters. They got fucking Sting now. They have all yeah. these dudes who are coming in, and then they're not working. They're just playing manager manager roles. Jake okay. the Snake, like all these people, that takes booking time away from the other the, the younger talent. Right. Even if it's not working time, it's like screen time, and screen time yeah. is money. So they're booking Sting. Like, what are we gonna expect here? Five star match from Sting? Mm, He's sixty. What are we gonna do? Because yeah. pe- people are complaining about Chris Jericho. How Chris Jericho looks mm-hmm. and how he's working because he's 50. Yeah. And he looks 50. He looks good for 50, but he looks 50. Yeah. Right? And he's not the same Chris Jericho as he was 20 years ago. And that's fine because that's called aging. Yeah. But we think that Sting is going to be any better. Sting started wrestling in the fucking like early 80s. Yeah. We think he's going to come out there and fucking be the same fucking dude that he was in 1995. Yeah. It's, and, and people are like, yeah, hype for it. I'm like, you fucking dummies. I don't yeah, know, Zach. I, I get, get that. It, I love Sting. I do. Mm-hmm. I really do. I don't care for Crow Sting that much. I care for his original colorful rainbow Sting. Mm. I do like Crow Sting. He is cool. But <sighs> he's not going to walk out AEW. With his trench coat and his little bat, and and an intimidate motherfuckers, where I can see the wrinkles on his face. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's gonna be the downfall of AEW, besides just bad booking. Which goes back to yeah. The, yeah go ahead. Sorry. Well, I heard. I I don't know specifically because I haven't been keeping up just because I don't have um, I don't have cable, so it's hard for me to keep up with any of this um, outside of like pay per views and stuff like that. But I saw another thing with, like, Jim Cornette, and I guess he was talking about they have some storyline going on with Taz right now. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. I mean, I get where he's coming from with that. Uh, you, it's the whole problem that I've kind of, like, had with Cody the whole time, which is, like, he's the president of the company, but he's also a wrestler. But mm-hmm. he, like, pretends that he, like, can take those hats off. And I'm like, no, motherfucker. Like, I just watched you wrestle. Like, you can't, like, pretend that you're some neutral party when I just saw you in the ring, like, five minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and thankfully, I think they've... The Young Bucks, Kenny, and Cody have really been underbooked the entire mm-hmm. time, the entire existence. They haven't been booked well. Mm-hmm. They're booked well now because... Well, Cody's not champion anymore, the TNT champion. 
um, the Young Bucks are now the tag team champs, and mm-hmm. Kenny is the champ. So, mm-hmm. but it took them a year and a half to really to get there. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's un. It's not like it's hard to believe that they're that they're champions because they're all good wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if they were bad wrestlers, I'd be like, okay, this makes sense. But they're good. That's why they were able to make a business. Mm-hmm. And they were underbooked the entire time, so I'm not worried about that. But it, it it can get like you're giving yourself so much screen time mm-hmm. because that's what brings money. Because people are watching because of you guys. I, I get it. Yeah. But where Adam Page was like the young guy who's supposed to be like the guy, mm-hmm. and they they had him go against Jericho for the first belt, he loses. Input like this long year of him tagging with Kenny, tag champs, and not really doing much. Mm-hmm. Um, we know he's gonna go against Kenny at some point to win the belt. We know that that's obvious booking. But they're like there's so many young talents they keep hiring, and they're not really doing anything with them. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're hiring more people who are like the young bucks, which I don't care about. So, it they're hiring young people who are young, 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 and old people mm-hmm. who are old, 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 and only a few people who are actually like ten years, twenty years coming in are being hired, who are mm-hmm. like na- established like names who are currently working. Like mm-hmm. Brian Cage was one of them. Lance Archer is one of them. But other than that, you know, they 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 hired Matt Seidel. Mm-hmm. Who was like Evan Bourne in WWE? Right. Like I don't fucking care about him. Who the who the fuck is that guy? He's like a forty year old jobber. No, he's yeah. not. He's not a jobber. People like him. He's good. But like I'm saying, like he's like he's another high flyer. You're right. Not, you're not bringing in like someone who's like a you know six three, you know muscled up guy who can put the ropes to these big guys. Yeah, it seems like they don't. I think the main problem it seems is that yeah, there's just not a lot of diversity in their they're, roster. They really they have three big dudes. You have Jake Hager, Brian mm-hmm. Cage, and you have Lance Archer, mm-hmm. and then you have Wardlow, who's a like a big guy, but he's not there yet. He's a new wrestler, so he's still learning. He has a lot of potential though. Mm-hmm. So you have four dudes, but you have wrestled guys who are like five eleven, which is perfectly fine, but they're not. None of them are powerhouse dudes. Yeah. So you have guys who are doing so much high flyy shit, which is cool, but what everyone's doing high, like I said before, everyone's doing high flyy shit, like gets old really fast. It gets old, and it's hard for me to believe when you throw a power move out there that's actually powerful. Yeah. There's a reason why, and I'm gonna end it here before we move into our next segment. But there's a pro wrestler in New Japan named um, Will Osprey. I remember this. And he, Will Osprey is a phase of big people like him, people hate him. He had a lot of drama recently, but I'm not talking about the drama. Purely mm-hmm. as a professional wrestler, he is so athletic. Mm-hmm. Fucking backflips and 360 flips and fucking all these. He's insane. So many fucking flips. And when I first saw him four or five years ago, he was super scrawny, cruiserweight kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he's packed on a lot of pounds for his body frame. So he's they're pushing him into the heavyweight you know, talk, which I, I think is still not very... Whatever. He's mm. athletic as shit. And he started putting in these new moves in his move set. There are more power moves. Mm-hmm. But if you watch him wrestle, it really is like watching someone choreograph a dance. And also, like, there's so many, so many posing and poses and, like, setups for other things. And, like, 
Some mm-hmm. people really dig that. I don't dig that. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like, I like wrestling, and it's two people working together. But if I can see you guys working together, I kind of lose the interest because it's supposed to be also competitive, like in the visual presentation. Right. Like So if I'm watching Ric Flair, you know, chop somebody, like I don't want to see the guy like leaning into the chop. I want to see mm. Ric Flair fucking laying the chops in, you know. Whereas like a Will Ospreay match, it's like a lot of the moves have to have so much set up and then they're... We're going to go on the top rope. I'm going to wait there for 15 seconds so the people can can get ready to catch me. Mm. And, like, when you see people jump off top ropes, the thing about this, right? When Jeff Hardy was the only guy off the top rope, it was fucking cool. Yeah. Right? Because you didn't see that people had to catch everybody. Yeah. When you knew that only one dude did super kicks, you didn't notice him slapping his leg. Yeah. But now everyone super kicks, so everyone notices the slap to the leg. Mm-hmm. And when everyone's off the top rope, you see every, you see how much it takes for people to catch them. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, if we're fighting. Yeah. Why would I catch you? It's pro wrestling, I get that. But also, like, when you have everyone doing that spot, like, mm-hmm. all you see is, okay, here's five guys waiting to catch him. Yeah. Which is all it becomes. It's like, okay, here's a, be one guy top rope. Five dudes in the in the fucking we're gonna dump everyone out of the ring. Mm-hmm. We're all gonna be woozy for thirty seconds. Uh, oh, he's ready. Okay, catch him. Yeah. And you see that all across the industry, and it's the dumbest looking spot of all time. When you because it's so oftenly done. Right. If it happened one for one guy or one two dudes, you wouldn't notice it. But now that like, okay, Kenny does it, the Bucks do it, go over to WWE, the Usos do it. This guy mm-hmm. does it. This girl does it. Fucking, who fucking cares? Yeah. So ultimately, Sting shouldn't be wrestling. That's my point. That's the end of the point. Also, my point was that: Am I a dick or am I just a bigger, <laughs> more interested um, in wrestling? I think the problem with it is that it's not that you're a dick, but I think it, it gets to a point where it's just like, I mean, you just. You clearly just know more than these people, and you're willing to dig more into it. Which, whereas, I mean, from what these people have said, it, it it's clear that they're not wanting to dig more into it. And that's fine. Like and that, they're just and that's, more knowledgeable about what's right. going on and like what the game is than they are. And that's perfectly fine to be at that level. I'm not trying to say they shouldn't. They should be or shouldn't be looking yeah. into it. They, they're watching it and they're enjoying for what they're seeing. That's rad. I like what I'm seeing so much. Usually, that I want to dive in more. Yeah, and listen to what Cornette says. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Um, but the idea that fucking you thought that I was going to sit there and say Kenny Omega was going to stay at Impact, eat two dicks, <laughs> because that's fucking obviously not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you think Tony Khan, the guy who fucking made AEW, mm-hmm. has the who has the best wrestler in the world who. Had offers from literally everywhere. Mm-hmm. Triple H was trying to get Kenny. Everyone's trying to get Kenny, offering them fucking money. Yeah. And you think that he's going to go, oh no, he actually stole Kenny Omega the Impact? Yo, it's called <laughs> booking. Let's end that there. All right. Before I go even fucking more into fucking dummies. Zach. Do you want let's let's talk about this real quick, man? All right. 
Lay it on me. Man, fucking Warner Brothers, bro. They finally, uh, they finally pulled the trigger. Oh, I can't believe that they actually did it. Um, but they're finally going to do it. So wait, so my question about this is, uh-huh. I know about it, um, but this is the main thing, um, main question that I'm going to have. Yep. Is this going to start with Wonder Woman? I think so. Because Wonder Woman's supposed to be out in like three weeks. In three weeks, yeah. Um, so that was my main thing. I was like, is this going to start with Wonder Woman or is this going to start like after Wonder Woman? Um, also, well, remember weeks ago they already announced that she was going to be on HBO. So, oh, that's true. They did announce that, yeah, that she was going to be doing that already. Yeah. So they so, announced her yeah. weeks ago. So they probably just like said, you know what, fuck it, we'll announce one and go. You know what, let's let's just do it for all of them. Yeah. Um, and then I also just reading the list, I was like, I forgot how many bangers Warner Brothers yeah. has coming out. So just to, to, or supposed bangers, they're not out right. yet. So to it's just up to do a here. quick um, rehash of the article. Yeah, uh, the news update is that uh, HBO Max is going to pretty much get all of WB's 2021 slate. On yeah, HBO basically Max. anything Warner Brothers is making is going to be on HBO Max at the same time that it's in theaters. And this uh, list, this list rings out. Here's the list of some of the big hot hot tamales. Yeah, Suicide Squad, Dune, Space Jam, In the Heights, Mortal Kombat, Godzilla vs King Kong, and The Matrix Four. Yeah. So, all I want to see in 2021 is literally Ghostbusters, Matrix 4, Godzilla, Dune. I kind of want to see In the Heights now because I've been a huge fan of Hamilton. Um, it's the same guy who made Still Hamilton. Still need to watch Hamilton. It's good. But, um, I enjoyed it. But, um, and but also, yeah, I mean, obviously now, like... I want to see Mortal Kombat now. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, then, I want to um... see that now. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at the list. I was like, oh, these are like all movies that I wanted to see. Like, I want to watch King Kong. I want to watch Suicide Squad. I want to watch Dune. I want to watch just like every all the lists. I was like, oh, I really don't have to. I'm glad I don't have because I already have HBO Max. So I was like, oh, I'm glad I don't have to like go to the theater. I mean, oh, yeah. I'll probably still go to the theater to like watch Godzilla maybe or like watch Dune. But it's like the option that was like, oh, I don't have to do that. I can just like watch it on streaming. It's like kind of cool. In the same oh. in that same Facebook group I was talking about, this article yeah. was posted. And mm-hmm. everyone's commenting on it, being like how they felt. And it's a podcast group, so the podcast hosts and the commented like, "This is not. I hate this. This is not a good thing, or whatever." And mm-hmm. like, a lot of people were commenting, uh, pro, negative, whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like my comment was, my my thought process is the same thing that I've said before when when this stuff first started happening, which is like, mm-hmm. we saw this happen already with mm-hmm. the video store. Yeah. Streaming ruined the video store. Yeah. It made it obsolete. Mm-hmm. It was only a matter of time before it hit the theater. And theaters thought that they were impenetrable because people don't want to see Star Wars in theaters. Yeah. Well, this proves that people don't care. Like the average yeah. moviegoer doesn't care. I think the only thing, I think that movie theaters got a false sense of security. Yeah, thinking that people want to see theaters. But I really think. Like me and you probably want to see stuff in theaters. Oh, but I think, absolutely. But I think for the majority of people, it's not that they want to watch stuff in theaters. It's that they want to be part of the the cultural zeitgeist and they want to be part of the conversation. And so you have to watch it in theaters because otherwise you're waiting like five or six months for it to come out on like Blu-ray yeah. or DVD. If they don't have to wait, oh yeah, can just watch it at well, home. My, the, just my, watch it at home. My comment in this post was this. 
mo- the average moviegoer does not care about seeing what Neo and Trinity do in the big screen. I yeah. do. Like, yeah. I care about what, seeing what Hong Kong bullshit they do. Yeah. But the average fan just wants to get the next piece of the story. Yeah. You know, they want to be able to go Netflix next next episode. They don't care about the experience of seeing, yeah. you know, Tenant on the screen. And clearly we saw that. That was the result of Tenant. No one cared. Yeah. And we're surprised that, the, that the WB is doing this. Like, Tenant, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. If Christopher Nolan could get butts in seats and, like, Who? nothing was going to. You think that in Wonder Woman... They made a decision a week, three weeks ago, a month ago. So you think that? Yeah. Why are you surprised? It's called the death of the movie movie industry. Yeah. Um, AMC's president came out and responded, which was here's the quote: "Quote, clearly Warner Media intends to sacrifice a considerable portion of the profitability of its movie studio division and that of its production partners and filmmakers to subsidize its HBO Max startup." End quote. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I mean, is it really like losing profitability? I don't know. Because if you've got people that like, if you've got this model and people who didn't want HBO Max before, maybe it will get HBO Max now. And now instead of splitting that profits with movie theaters, HBO Max is owned by Warner. It's all just going to Warner Brothers. Yeah. Is that really losing profitability? bitch. I guess well, I guess the comment was referring to their particular their movie branch, like the theater money. So yeah. he's losing theater money, but also no one's going to the theater. So who? Yeah, I mean, I think. What, do, what I options mean, I get, do you have? I get where the AMC is coming from because I mean they're in the position where they have to fight for this, and also, you know, we are on the cusp of the vaccine being completed and distributed, and I'm assuming. You know, as long as everything goes okay, I think by like June or July, I think we'll have, you know, probably over 70% of the population. Also, did did you see the Black Panther girl get canceled? Who got canceled? The girl who plays the sister of Black Panther. She got canceled? Everybody loved her. What'd she do? She commented. No, she's black. She she commented on like on Instagram or something or Twitter being like, like questioning the vaccine. And then her comment was like, I'm not sure if... I'm just saying to be wary of what you put in your body. I mean... And I'm like... Here's the thing. I get that from like a general perspective, but also like... As far as like getting stuff back to normal, it's a really dumb comment to make. I... I, I'm the opposite. I do not... I, I question everything. I guess so, but also like I'm in a vaccine trial... So I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I, really. I I don't know. I had COVID, and yeah, I you'll be all right. Yeah, I'm all about vaccining. I'm all about that, right? I'm all, I'm cool with it. I'm yeah. just not gonna be the first batch to take it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, honestly, I mean, as far as like the people who are the first batch to take it, I mean, it's never because if it was us. if it was any, it's other, gonna be all you know first line. Well, I'm saying if it, if it was any other medicine for any other disease. Like here's the first wave of cancer treatment. Like, and it's not FDA tested. We we made it in six months. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, here's an Advil alternative. We 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 made it in six months. I'm okay. I'll keep taking Advil. Like, mm-hmm. let's be real. Like, like nothing. It takes a movie a year to get made. A movie, yeah. and we're fucking filming shit. You're gonna take the fucking psych- uh, engineers are gonna 
create a fucking yeah virus destruction pill that I is mean, fair i mean i think the average time for like an actual like fully tested vaccine trial at least the one that i'm in right now is that they're going to say it's going to take like two years to have the full study done not enough so. you can't we learned this in basic biology there's no way they can have a sample size large enough to get accurate results to 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 when you go to GNC and buy fucking like weight loss pills or like no a, mm-hmm. a burner pill like it's not approved by the FDA we our test batch of 10 people said it was effective like mm-hmm. I'm not saying her comments are one way or the other I'm just saying as as Zach as natural skeptics that we are mm-hmm. as people who believe in the things that we believe in in, sure. the, in the sense of, you know, I don't know, Bigfoot or something. <laughs> Bigfoot or, or uh, Chupacabra. Here's, here's what I'm saying, Zach. As much as, okay. NWO. I'll, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Real quick. This is not related to, to, to obviously related to fucking AMC. But my yeah. point is this. MK Ultra was a thing. What's the thing? And we're going to purposefully ingest things mm-hmm. made. What? What? Who bought this? Who bought these? The government. Yeah. You think Bob Lazar? You think Bob Lazar's taking this shit? Well, no. No. But also, Bob Lazar probably got you know the secret antidotes for the aliens when he got abducted and he got you know you mean, oh, broke, the, he- so. the Heaven's Gate gave it to him. <laughs> The Suicide Pact gave it to him? You know, the HBO Max has a docu-series about it. Uh, on Heaven's Gate? Yeah, it just came out uh, two, two days ago. Um, um, I'll probably listen to that. I mean, I just listened to the last podcast, Heaven's Gate no, series. No, but, but HBO but... Has, has a docu-series that came out with like four episodes, and they're inter- they interviewed a bunch of former members. Yeah. I mean, that's the most interesting part, is that there's so many of them that are, like actually didn't die. Yeah. Oh, they left too early. Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me is like it's like... They didn't care if you left. Yeah, no, they didn't care. They like bought you tickets and shit. It's honestly the weirdest part about that cult in general that they they weren't like super protective, like having a bunch of like they weren't like Amshnariki or like children of God or because Zach they actually believed it, dude. Yeah, no, they believed one hundred percent. Like that's why they castrated themselves. Like one hundred percent. The fact that that they would buy you tickets to leave, yeah, like shows you that it's not about it was not about like. Tian Doe trying to be like, yeah, trying to be Jim Jones. Like it wasn't no. about power. No, 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 definitely not. It was about hey, we're going to exit. Yeah, and if you want to exit with us, come here, take this fucking weird shit, put a bag over your head, and we'll we'll rock it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put the, um, put the patch it's on. One of the stranger cults that are out there. Well, I love I just love they love Stargate. I just love that they love Stargate. Yeah, and I love Stargate. You know what? Maybe I missed my calling. My God, I could have been on a different plane from here already. Mm, um, could have had uh, hitched on that ride off of Haley Bob's comment. I know, man. So uh, that's uh, HBO mm-hmm. and WB. Uh, real fast as well before we move into our final topic of the show. Main mm. topic is that Oscar Isaac is going to play Melgar Solid's uh, Solid State. Yeah, he is. That's all. It's um. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I was having a conversation with some guys at work about it, and it was just like, I mean, it's the same thing that I brought up to you. It's just like, I'm I'm excited for it because Metal Gear, and yep. that's fucking rad, and it's Oscar Isaac, who's like one of the best in the fucking game right now. So I'm down for that too. 
Uh, and he reminds me of like he looks like he looks like a pretty decent like solid snake. Like he's got the look of it, um, and he's a great actor. But I mean, it's just like it's that Sony's in charge, man, and Sony is fucked up so much shit uh, as far as like having licensed properties and like making decent movies. And it's Dude, like, they, but they gave us Amazing Spider-Man too. Fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> they give us that they give us ghostbusters answer the call yeah, which is classic. also like as far as like subtitles for movies it's like the most what the fuck even is this oh you mean originally just just called ghostbusters yeah because it was supposed to be a remake oh, it's ghostbusters. Like, oh people don't like that oh, oh answer, the answer the call answer the call, answer the call. we should answer add call. a subtitle because people call. don't like that um i i don't even think about sony making it i don't even care because yeah. no matter what happens any whether it's this or Akira or Robotech, it's, so, it's going to be produced by some shitty studio, so I don't care. Ghost in the Shell, I don't give a shit. My my, my biggest concern is always going to be who they cast for the rest of the pe- people, because this whole game franchise is based around like really cool, iconic video game characters. Yeah. Like who they cast as Psychomantis is going to be a huge deal. Yeah. Who they cast as Meryl is going to be a huge deal. As Otacon's a big deal. Dark Chief, Sniper Wolf. These are going to be huge, humongous deals. Um, and also, if they're going to actually make Vulcan Raven actually like an Indian guy. We'll see how that works out. <laughs> but, like, there's so many really important characters in this game that are iconic that they have to cast efficiently. And Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac, to me, isn't necessarily the greatest casting for him. But also, mm-hmm. I didn't have an alternative. I don't. I, I didn't know who I would want to be Saul Snake. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I really couldn't think of like who else I want. I think maybe the the other one that would like fit into my mind, maybe just because I love what he did uh, with Dread so much, would be like Carl Urban, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. I could yeah. see him being like a really good Solid Snake. Um, it also depends on how we're trying to. Are we going old? Because like. In MGS one, I don't think he's that. He's old. a young guy. I don't think he's that. Maybe he's like thirty. Maybe I don't know. I don't I think mean, he's, he's like that old. Oscar Isaac's age. He's like th- mid thirties, I think. Oscar Isaac's like forty something. Is he? Is he? He looks. I thought young. he was like mid thirties. He looks fairly young, but I mean, yeah, I don't know who I would cast. It's so hard to tell because. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't. I don't even care that he is not white. I don't really care about that. I at don't all. care about that. But I care more about. I don't know, man. Because you have to think about who they're going to cast. Are they just going to have Oscar Isaac play older version? Like, play Big Boss? Like, is they're just going to age him up to be Big Boss as they show him? Well, I saw everybody doing the, the thing where it was like... Um, I saw something in a Facebook group that I was... that One of the Facebook groups that I was in was, like, talking shit. They were, like... They were talking shit about all the games coming here or whatnot because everybody that was reporting on this was using... Uh, MGS5 Salt Snake is like he's gonna play this, and everybody's like, everybody in the group is like, no, you fucking idiot, it's not gonna be Venom Snake. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's not playing paramedic. It's a completely different fucking character. He's not, he's not playing. He's not gonna play paramedic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, who they're gonna who they're gonna get to be? Ocelot is huge. He's gonna be Solid Snake, and I just don't know who. I I mean, I, I think the biggest thing with him is with him being a Solid Snake is who they're gonna cast as Big Boss. So, if they're not going to use him, well, maybe I don't know. If they just cast him and make him older. They, who they're going to cast as Ocelot? Who they're going to cast Ocelot's as? Gonna big, yeah. yeah, that's going to be a big deal. Who they're going to cast as Liquid? Liquid's not till game two, right? He's in. He's the bad guy in game one. Is he? I have never played the original Metal Gear. So okay, so Metal Gear Solid One bad guy is Liquid. Okay. 
Bad guy Liquid. Oh, I thought Ocelot was the bad guy. Is he like a sub he's, bad guy? He's, he's a henchman of Liquid. Okay. So, bad guy of MGS2, if you can even really consider him a bad guy, he's really not really a bad guy. He's like a iffy, depending on how you look at it, bad guy is Solidus. Okay. Who's the president of the United States. Okay. Three is the boss and um, Ivan, right. or what's his name? Vogar, Vogan, mm-hmm. whatever, the Russian guy. Mm-hmm. Four is obviously Ocelot, Liquid Ocelot. Yeah. Um, and five is, um, you see, young Liquid in the game, but mm-hmm. the fucking Spook Squad, whatever the fuck yeah. they're called, Skull Guy, whatever yeah. the hell his name is. Um, yeah. So yeah, the Liquid's the big bad guy, and they have to get Liquid right. Yeah. That's the that's gonna be the hard part because. Not really hard part, but Liquid's look is very... Like, more so than solid, Liquid's mm-hmm. look is kind of iconic. Like, the blonde mm-hmm. hair, the trench mm-hmm. coat, the British voice. But they're twins. Like, they're yeah. like... That's like their they're genetic... Like, genetic whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, they look different, but they also look similar. So, like, it's going to be hard to be like, Hey, Oscar yeah, Isaac, you're, you're a Latino guy or whatever his country his family's from. Mm-hmm. So we, it's kind of hard to have a clone who's similar to him because they're both clones, right? But have him be a blonde British guy, like it's a little easier when you're white. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and the blonde, if you go with the blonde hair liquid route, that's such an iconic look for that character. Like when you think of right. liquid, you, you think of the blonde hair and the yeah. fucking trench coat, with no shirt. You mm-hmm. think of that, and also he has to, he he also cosplays as Kaz in the first game. Mm, okay. So in the game you he you know the master is one of the people who trained Solid, which is Kaz, which is from from the you know uh, older game the older games that take black in the past, one of the boss's friends is is a the blonde guy who's like a Japanese American guy. Mm-hmm. He trains Solid. Well in the in the first game you talk to him all you talk to him on Kodak the whole time. In really, he's, in reality, he's dead. The snake, uh, liquid kills him because they're mm. both blonde. He can just put the glasses on and put his hair back, and he's the same. You can't tell the difference. Okay. Because he's blonde, so you ha- you have all these extra little visual things you have to like. If you're gonna do them to the game, you have to do that right because you can't have like. I don't. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a yeah. I think it's definitely one of those things where it's it's on a tightrope. For sure, it, it um, really is. It really is. Yeah. Um, but that brings us to our topic of the show. Yes. For this week and for this month, Zach, do you want to go ahead and introduce it, man? Jason, this week, this month, we are diving in to '80s action films, and we begin our series of '80s action films, which I believe will be a five-week series, uh, starting off with. Movie I'd never seen before, but with an iconic action star in his own right, uh, Sylvester Stallone's Cobra. Um, but real quick though, did you want to go through our top lists real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, which list do you want to start with? As a primer, so real quick, we're going to do our top five action movies as primers, as well okay. as our top five action stars as primers before we hit the rest of the month. Okay. Just to like you know, uh, set the level, set the bar for for the 
for the month mm-hmm. of or kind of where we stand. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, I want let's go through um, let's go through movies first. Okay, I don't have any particular order for them. That's so fine. This is just like how I wrote them down. Um, first, I have Predator. Okay, which is just like, I mean, I don't, I don't know what is to be said about Predator that like hasn't been said before. It's got some of the all-time greats in action movie stardom in there. Jesse Ventura, Honor Schwarzenegger. You got um, oh Shane my God, Black. Shane Black. You've got um, Carl Weathers. You know, just some oh, of the big other black dudes. Other black guy. Other black dude uh, for his name. Um, yeah, I can't remember his name either. But uh, it's just great. It's a great action movie. It starts off with like schlocky action, makes that tonal switch into a sci-fi horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. Arnold plays off really, really well. I think it's you know it's one of the things that was mentioned in the la- the search for the last action hero, which is like it's the first time that like you see Arnold Schwarzenegger like afraid of something. Yeah, which is yeah. interesting. Um, it's that interesting interesting aspect of kind of like deconstructing the action here in that sense where like they're always seen as like these impervable impermeable invulnerable people that like yeah basically like can take on anything and like come out on top and this is the one where you're like fuck is Arnold gonna die completely <laughs> rich um, yeah so that was the first one what was your first one or do you just well, want to run through them um I'll go through mine we can just bounce back in a quick real fast okay um I have my ordered. So okay. my number five is Lethal Weapon. Okay. Uh, I talk about it all time. It's my, one of my favorite movies of all time. Amazing yeah. action buddy cop movies. Two mm-hmm. amazing cast. And if you, if you watch the documentary that Zach just mentioned, we talked about, they go through Lethal, lethal, lethal Weapon pretty well. So mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so my, the second one on my list is Die Hard. Okay. Um, I mean, it's just a great, fun action movie. Bruce Willis is fantastic. Him and his... The back and forth between him and uh, Hans. oh my god, Hans. I can't remember the actors' names, but um, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, but the the back and forth between Willis and Alan Rickman, uh, the setup for the whole movie in general, it's just so simple, but at the same time, um, it really engages you with the premise yeah. and the story that's being told. Um, yeah, Die Hard's great. Love it. Uh, my number four is The Matrix. Okay, another movie okay. that I've talked about ad nauseum. Uh, amazing movie, special yeah. effects, kung fu, Hong Kong cinema, and American Western culture. It's Love an amazing it. movie. So, yeah, definitely. Um, my third one on my list is John Wick. Uh, okay, I think is quintessential of this new renaissance that we're seeing in uh, in the late 2010s, early 2020s action films. Uh, I think Keanu's really led that revival. Um, it's a fantastic movie. If you haven't watched, if people haven't watched it, I I don't know what you're doing because yeah, John right. is fantastic. Um, yeah. My number three is Bloodsport. Oh. Uh, the best tournament movie of all time. It's this movie is what made martial arts movies popular again in the late '80s, um, mm-hmm. and it gave us, spoiler alert, an amazing action star. Bloodsport. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's fun. It's a fun movie. It really is super simple, and it's. Um, so goofy and dumb, but rad as shit. So mm-hmm. that's my number three. Definitely. Um, next one on my list, the Raid Two. Raid Two. Um, just a perfect action movie. Just from start to finish, it's one of those movies that's just 
it's balls to the wall from like the very start. Uh, yeah, I love it. Oh my god, and the choreography in it is so good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but number two is Die Hard. So okay, we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one on my list uh, that I have is uh, it's a double for uh, the star of the film, but it's such a good movie, and I've watched it so many times. Uh, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Oh yeah, yeah. For uh, it's, sure. uh, God damn it, dude! It's such a good movie. That's a yeah. It's an amazing movie. Obviously, special effects ahead of its time. Yeah, a ton of money, great star, and it really shows. I've talked about it before, but like the the best progression of a female character yeah of, of all time sure. straight up of all time mm-hmm. um my number one favorite action movie of all time it was it's tied mm-hmm. um but i'll i'll is police story okay jackie chan um my favorite it's it's usually tied with speed and or another okay. jackie chan movie called dragons forever those okay. three always alternate, but Police Story and Speed are usually the number are usually the flip flop. Um, mm-hmm. But this time, I'll say it's Police Story. It's an amazing film. It's like exactly mm-hmm. if you like Jackie Chan, this is it. If you like kung fu movies, this is it. If you like stunt mm-hmm. movies, this is it. If you like fun mm-hmm. movies, this is it. So that, that that's my go to. Uh, okay. tra- transitioning really fast, yes. Zach. Uh, top five action stars. Okay, so these are also not in any particular order, but uh, the first one on my list is Tom Cruise. I love anything that Tom Cruise is in. Um, I think the thing that I like most about Tom Cruise is that he's not the traditional action star and that he's not, like, getting into, like, huge fights or anything like that. Um, But the stunt work that he does in his movies is just, like, Mm -hmm. beyond the pale of anybody else. The, like, the, the way that he's able to, like, put his body on the line for his movies and, like, get in there and actually, like, do the stunts and get the action from, like you know, as realistic as possible is something that like, I don't know much, many other people that would do that besides Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan does not do the kind of stuff that Tom Cruise does. So, uh, I, I disagree with you there wholeheartedly. Okay. Jackie Chan is that infinitely crazier shit than Tom Cruise ever has. Okay. Um, uh, 100%. Okay. Um, I think Tom Cruise has, has, is amazing for doing those stunts, especially late, later in life. Yeah, but Jackie has broken so many bones from yeah, f- sliding off buildings, jumping from rooftops to helico- helicopter ladders that are flying in the sky, and like Super Cop and like Police Story Three, um, because there's no rules in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So like, there is definitely I think Tom Cruise ha- I think literally has seen Jackie Chan stunts from the '80s mm-hmm. and said that's going to be my set piece for Mission Impossible, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the American cinema, there's Tom Cruise is the guy. He, yeah, that's the guy. But if we're gonna go through with like comparative like the Jackie, I can't. Okay. I can't, dude. There's literally a scene with Young Biao, mm-hmm. and maybe you've seen it where he there's a building on fire, like a three story building on fire, and mm-hmm. Young Biao jumps off the roof of the building, lands, gets up, and grabs a fire hose. A three-story house, that. and it's on fucking fire. He is walk. They they put. So in Hong Kong, they dig up a little ditch. They put like mm-hmm. one little tiny pad of pad, and that's your pad, right? Mm-hmm. And he jumps off a roof of a building. No Damn. strings, no wires. Nope, just jumps off. Boom, lands it, gets up, and then does the scene. Damn, that's fucking China. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Uh, my number five is Mel Gibson. Okay. Uh, Mad Max, Lethal yeah. Weapon. Stop there. Done. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, next on my list, Arnold, obviously. Okay. Uh, one of the best of pulp 80s action. Commando, Predator, Expendables, you know. He's just done it all, and yeah. I love him. Well, my number four is Keanu. Okay. For every reason that it's Keanu. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's the next one on my list is Keanu. Okay, Keanu's cool. great. I love Keanu. Uh, my number three is Sly because okay. of First Blood. Yeah. That's it. Uh, that movie alone is like cements him in time. Okay. And then insert four other ones and then yeah. Rocky. Okay, we're good. Okay. He's the, he's the best. Yeah. Okay, so what's your number? What's your next one? My next one is uh, Iku Uwais. Okay. Um, the Raid, Headshot, Triple Threat. You know, as far as like modern kung fu cinema, it's like him and like Tony Jaa are like kings of the fucking game right now. So, um, yeah. No, I love Iku. Everything that he's in, I try to watch. So, uh, My number two is Jackie. Okay. Uh, he influenced everybody. Yeah. Anyone who does action movies from the nineteen late from the late seventies to early eighties is influenced by Jackie, whether it's the choreography, the stunt work, or whatever. It's Jackie Chan's the guy, and he's still working today. Um, his new movie coming out soon called Vanguard. So, Jackie Chan, my number two. Yeah, and then the uh, the last one I had on my list is Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. I mean, it's Bruce Lee. He's iconic. He's. I'm gonna. I think him... I'm gonna I'm going to give you I'm gonna my number one is going to if we're going by great Godfathers of the genre of course Bruce Lee is has to be in a list but guess what I don't have him on my list oh my god my number one you got Jackie Chan though I got Jackie Chan different Chinese guy yeah uh, my number one to combat your number one okay my number one's JCVD and damn all right. <sighs> Listen, man. JCVD, Jean Claude, is the I best. I have new respect for him after watching that documentary of how tough it was for him to like get in the business. He's amazing. Like, yeah. You go and you watch any of his movies. Yeah. You go watch Hard Target, mind blown. Watch mm. Time Cop, mind blown. Sudden Death, mind blown. Bloodsport, hell yeah, dude. He's fucking yoked. In Bloodsport, oh, he's you, he's super fucking young. Yeah. You go watch any of his movies, and you are impressed because one, his accent is so bad. Mm-hmm. He's so charismatic, but his, his his accent is so goofy. Yeah, I recommend you, Zach, if that RSS feed I gave you works, mm-hmm. to listen to the Action Boys podcast episode where they review Hard Target. It is first off, watch the movie because it's a John Woo movie. Mm-hmm. With with John Claude, okay. First off, that's two amazing combos in one. I mean, anything John Woo is already yeah. like I'm already. It's there. amazing, and then also you add John Claude. Okay, yeah, I'm down. But then okay. also you have John Claude Van Damme playing a a uh, former soldier who grew up in Louisiana, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, what accent are we trying to do, dude? It's so fucking stupid. It's so good. So John Claude Van Damme he's my favorite action star of all time. Okay. Um, and that includes Street Fighter. That includes all his shit movies. I love him. He's amazing. So that's supposed to be the primer. So we can real quick review 
um, yes. Cobra, which is what Zach mentioned earlier, our yes. first movie of Action Movie Month for the 80s. Brackets, mm-hmm. 80s Action Movie Month. Um, so Cobra, 1986. 1986. Zach, what are your thoughts, man, on Cobra? Um, honestly, Excellent. I was like kind of underwhelmed with this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's not a bad action movie. Um, but it's not particularly great. I think it's one of those movies that like, there's nothing about it that particularly stands out. Yeah. I think as far as like action movies are concerned, it's fairly formulaic, um, from the plot. I think the most interesting about the movie is the villains. Cause like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. There's some like weird like <laughs> yeah. cult that like clangs like axes and shit together, like in some like underground sewer or some shit. And they just go around like randomly offing people in the middle of the street and like doing some weird shit like that. And they, they never tell have, you like, why. They like a mole in the police department that like makes no fucking sense. And they never That's, tell like, you why. That's the most bonkers thing about the whole thing. And they never uh, explain what they're doing. They never explain why like, they're doing it. What their purpose is, like what they're trying to do. They just have some random shit with like the main bad guy at the end who like says that he's like the messiah of the new world yeah. order or some shit, which just comes out of like fucking nowhere. Um, so that was like the most interesting stuff about the movie was just like. My favorite part about Cobra is Mm. that Cobra is such a movie that is all about presentation. And and I don't mean that in the sense that it's shot well, because it's shot fine. I mean that it's such a surface level movie in the sense of like, how can we make Soth Sly look cool? Mm. Trench coat. Dressing it all black. All black, trench coat, like. You know the the cool car. The How do you gun. make him cool? You have him open a pizza of his fridge with a knife. <laughs> knife, cut off the slice. Yep. And he keeps his gun cleaning kit and a thing of eggs. Yep, that. And then he has the gun, no holster, gun in the front of his pants. Yeah. He has the toothpick or match or whatever in his mouth. That match shit makes no sense. It's. I feel like they only set it up so he could throw the match on the guy at the end of the movie. Yes. Or also, it's like, what can we do to make him look cool? Okay. I guess it's supposed to be the thing where it's like, instead of him having a cigarette, he has the match. But it just looks lame. I don't know. But also, it's just me. Okay, Sly, what do you want to do to make yourself look cool? Okay, in my own house, even though the lights are still on, I will still wear my sunglasses. Always. Never take the sunglasses off. I only take them off when news articles come on that are interesting. Yeah. I was like, okay. Oh my God. The action in the movie Cobra is fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine yeah. action. It's fine. Literally mediocre. It's fine. It's doable. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it's as doable as the story is. Yes. Um, yes. I think that's the the main thing about it. And honestly, as far as like eighties action movies are concerned, there wasn't as many lung liners. He has the one not. good lung liner from like the very first thing where he like has the hot situation at the grocery store, mm-hmm. and he has the one liner. It's like, uh, what was it? I can't remember what the guy first says, but he's like, you're the disease and I'm the cure. Yeah. I was like, that's great. That's a great line. And it's like best line in the whole movie. And it's like in the first 10 minutes. But then at the end of the movie, when he lights the guy on fire, it makes no oh, sense. Yeah. The one yeah, liner makes, the, the makes no sense. Although it does have one of my favorite kills, which is, I mean, and you know, it's going to be a kill as soon as you go in that theater and it has to have that giant hook yeah. swinging, throughout the, swinging throughout the factory the whole time. And I was like, okay, somebody's getting impaled on that hook. Yeah. And then you had the final action scene, and they're like, Sly and like the other guy are like duking it out. I'm like, 
you just see the hook coming by. And I was like, all right, when's he going to get impaled on the hook? That's mm-hmm. all I want to see at this point. I, uh, in terms of, yeah, in terms of the action, that, that, that final death scene is so good because like, it's so good. Well, it's not, it's like, not choreographed that well, but no. the, 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 the guy sells it so well. He sells it so well. And it's not just like, it's not just that he gets impaled on the hook. He gets impaled on the and hook then and he gets burned to death. So many people burn in that last fight. Yeah, there's a lot. Three people uh, get burned a lot alive. Of people get burned to death. Yeah. The guy gets burned in the in the little the compartment gets burned. The guy mm-hmm. gets burned with the match, and then the final, yeah. the bad guy gets burned alive by by being dragged. Yeah. Um, I was really hoping though that they would have killed the fucking bitch lady better. Yeah, she just gets kind of shot, and that's it. Yeah, I was hoping they would like cut her head off or something. Yeah, I, I was expecting like more with that, especially if it's like. I mean, more so than, like, the main bad guy. She's more of, like, the antagonist. Yeah, she whole, sucks she, more. Like, yeah, she's, like, she's the one that gets the whole plot rolling. She's the reason that, like, they get, you know, ambushed in the middle of fucking nowhere and some shit. Which also is just, like... And she's a cop. Yeah, but also, like, plotting-wise of the movie, that shit was, like, so infuriating to me. Because you have that... Sh- you have the thing where they're at the, the hideout, the safe house in the middle of nowhere or whatever. And you have the scene where she's, like, on the payphone in the middle of the night, like, obviously yeah. calling the people or whatnot. And you have Sly catches her. Come out and confront her, and yeah. basically like, "Hey, bitch, I know what you're fucking doing. I know you're up to some shady fucking shit right yeah. now. Because you're in the middle of the night. There's no reason you should be at this payphone unless you're trying to keep what you're saying from somebody else's ears." Yeah. But then he doesn't do anything with this knowledge and acts like when the people show up to kill them, that it's a completely shocking revelation. He that goes this back happened. to his room and continues cleaning his gun. And then has sex with the woman. That's it? Wait, so we Sylvester, we were doing that? Um, his gun is dope, though. His gun is really cool. Yeah. To go, to take it back to more of a, in terms of pacing. Yeah. The movie's pacing is so weird to me. Because I was the, thinking that during this whole thing. I feel like it has, um, I don't know if you were going to say this, but it feels like it, it has a lot of those moments where it starts and stops a lot. Where you feel like it's like, okay, we're going to have to like, get into some shit. And then... It's like it like puts the handbrakes on. Well, part of part part of that, but the the opening scene is long. Yeah, for, super an, o- long. for an opening scene, and it's cool, but it's a long opening scene. Mm-hmm. And then and I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to explain who Cobra is. They're like, oh, we're, yeah. they call him Cobra once, by the way. Yeah, they don't call him Cobra once, and it's not even his name. It's just that he has. Well, I guess it's kind of like a shortening of his last name. Yeah. It's like the only reason that I really thought of it is because he has a Cobra on his goddamn gun. And That's the only Cobretti. reason. Yeah, they have, yeah, yeah. Cobretti. Also, I don't know what I don't. This joke like did not land with me. That like giving him like the bitch ass name of Marion, like yeah. Marion Cobretti. I was like, eh! didn't really land with me that much. Well, I wanted a tough name. Like what? Like Alice. Like Alice. I was like, okay, that's kind of funny, but like Cooper. Yeah. No, so the opening scene is weir- is weirdly long. And yeah. then we go he goes back to his house and pushes the guy's that, car, that car out of the way. That scene also takes way too long. The scene takes a long time. But from the middle the act 2 of the movie, which is mostly like the the murders happening and mm-hmm. then the the girl does her photo shoot, which is like a weird like minute and a long, two minute long. So strange to me. Where it was like I can't remember exactly what it is, but you're like Oh, that's what it is, because you have, because it's after uh, she initially like witnesses them. Yeah, she doesn't even witness a murderer guy. She just witnesses the guy in the road, 
Yeah. Which is also the dumbest thing where it's like, this whole thing is started because she stopped her car. Like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's the only reason they want her dead. Because she stopped her car and she saw the guy's face. But, like, she didn't see them kill anybody. But then, because you have that scene of, like, her photo shoot intersplice with them, like, yes. interrogating people to, like, try to figure out what's going on. But it's so strange because for the yeah. first, like, 30 seconds of it, it's not the photo shoot. It's these weird robots. robots. Yeah. Just, that you just see popping up. And I'm like, what am I looking at right now? Yeah. What is the point of this? And then also, like, they, they constantly cut between, like, random, like, the, the movie uses random pop music for no, like, really bad. Yeah. It's really, like, doesn't, it's counterintuitive to the movie. Yeah. When you have these, oh, you have a horrific cult murdering people in the streets. Here's some, like, fucking, like, pop, 80s pop yeah. music. It doesn't make any sense. Um, and the pacing is just so weird in that, act two because yeah. there's there, there's like multiple um uh what's it called like um montage sequences yeah. there's, there's like the the investigation part there's the murdering part there's the, the there's the photo shoot part yeah and then the um actual murder when they find her at her photo shoot and they leave and then she leaves yeah. and she gets attacked i was like how many times are they going to hit pipes with this axe yeah and they hit pipes with that axe a fuck ton. Although they did have a cool death in that where the guy runs him into the elevator. I was like, yes. okay, that's pretty dope. The cop or the security yeah, guard or whatever. Yeah, the security guard. Yeah, I was yeah, like, oh, that was that's pretty sweet. dope. That was pretty sweet. But that was the moment where it was like it had it had one of those moments of like start, stop. Because that was the moment where it was like, all right, we're going to pick up. She's like getting chased by these fucking dudes. And then immediately like screeches to a halt. Where she's like in the hospital. And you have this long drawn out scene of like Sly trying to figure out that she like saw this guy oh and then God. she's this is somehow connected to the that, suicide thing. That whole scene where like <sighs> the other guy on the zombie squad or whatever the fuck it's called yeah. is like look looks at Sly and Sly's like So uh what does anyone want to hurt you? Yeah. No, no one wants to hurt me. Look at Sly. No. Hey, you you have any beef with anybody? No, I got no beef with nobody. Looks you at do Sly. drugs? Looks at Sly Heroin? Sly's like like, over and over again, dude. Yeah. That whole the whole hospital scene is too long. It's too long, yeah. Too long. And the payoff is so obvious where yeah. it's like, okay, Sly's going to go home for a couple hours to look at his personal records. Yeah. Where he's scrolling through – he's looking at fucking fingerprints. <laughs> also, though – there's that moment where he's like scrolling through the fingerprints, and I think it's right before he gets a call from his partner. But like, you see a person's picture yeah. on like his files, and I was like, "That's the, that's guy. the guy! That's the fucking guy! That's the guy! <laughs> Why are you not like that's the dude?" Yeah, he's looking at enlarged overlays of. Like, yeah. what are you going to do with that information, bro? Also, you have no fingerprints, so I don't even know yeah. why you're looking at this fingerprint file right he's now. Looking at the fingerprints, and then the call from his partner. Yeah, and we all knew this was coming. Obviously, yeah. But they don't ever explain. Well, do, do, they, they, do they even show the call coming in? No, they don't explain the call coming in. But you have the – I mean you know what's going to happen because before that they introduce that woman who is yes. the police detective that is obviously the mole because you saw her in the previous scene yeah. like set up the woman to be killed. I was like, OK, she's the mole. She's the whole reason this plot is even going to keep happening. Yeah. But they have that moment. But yeah, they don't. they don't like – see him you don't see him getting called all of a sudden he just calls sly yeah. he's like oh what do you need from your office which also 
that's fucking bullshit too. Because at the hospital, he's like, I'm gonna go to my office. Yes. And then the guy later is like, Hey, I'm at your office. And I was like, I thought. Well, no, no. Co- office. Cobra was yeah, go home. But then like, your all your files are at home. Why would you not have the, like? What are you doing? Yeah, I don't know. That's very. It, it, it. I mean, I get they're trying to paint the picture of like, he's the very like, you know off the books cop like even yeah. he does his investigations off the books and shit well, let's like be, that let's be real home, but like the idea of like oh hey we have two guys in the zombie squad who take jobs we do that no like it's like the, the the captain says at the beginning of the movie when they're walking in the office with the captain's like you're part of the zombie squad cobra cobra yeah you take jobs no one else wants it's like that doesn't how cops work yeah like, i don't think so you get you get a call and guess what you do you work it. You don't get the pick and choose. Everybody else in that police station is a fucking dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Like that um, one guy who's like his his antagonist, rival cop, guy, or whatever. Yeah. Fuck that guy. He's wrong a hundred percent. I like the police chief's like, Yo, Cobretti, you got an attitude problem. Only a little bit. Only a little one. Or yeah, yeah, because yeah, the police chief's like, you know, you got an attitude problem. He's like, yeah, but it's only a little. Just, one. just a little one. I uh, I love in the beginning of the movie taking it back real quick. With after that scene where they're, he's like, he explains what Cobra is, mm-hmm. how he just walks into a glass door and has a shooting range. Yeah. Hey, by the way. Oh yeah, it's like right next to the chief's office. Like, yo, they have like yeah, the shooting it's range. Glass doors. It's too loud. Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> it'd be too loud. Wait. Um, pacing's weird. Music yeah. choice is really weird for a lot of the scenes. They cut from like murder to like eighties pop music. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the action in Cobra, the scene where he's attacked at home, it's a cool scene. It's a dope scene. It's a pretty it's decent one of scene. The better, better action scenes in the movie. Yeah. He, he like throws a guy off a, off a thing, shoots him, and he shoots the guy off the banister, and that guy has a really like a long stunt fall. Yeah, that was really cool. But the scene at the end of the movie when they're when they're barraging the 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 hotel rooms or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's just chaos. So, yeah, that seems too much going on. Yeah. It's poorly shot, poorly choreographed, poorly action. Here's my biggest issue. Mm. Why are you riding your motorcycles and doing drive-bys? Just yeah, that makes get no off the bikes. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it. Well, that's the thing. I feel like that's happened. I feel like I've seen a lot of 80s or action movies where that kind of stuff happens, where you've yes. got, like, the gang of people... And they could easily like surround the place, but instead they're like are moving around it and like yeah. they're not sticking one spot. And I was like, I don't, I don't get why this is happening. It makes no sense. I suppose it's going to, it's supposed to be. It's I guess it's supposed to give you the illusion that there's more people than there Probably. than there are. Probably. But also, I I know there's a lot of people there because he kills so many people with one shots. One shot. Per- perfect one shots. Pow. Pow. It's pow. Like, it's, I guess when he's got the machine gun, so it's like the triple tap. Well, he, when, he, when he's shooting with the handgun, he's like getting oh, instant, yeah, like, instant oh, shots. Oh, he's instant kill all over the place with the handgun. But uh, the car chase scene is okay. Um, yeah, that one's fine. I actually like that one quite a bit. It reminded me of, um, it reminded me of like Bullet, yeah. like that kind of thing, where it's like you know, it's a very realistic car chase for the most part. I like the part. Um, they're doing like the multiple ramps over the bridges and whatnot. I thought I like that shot a lot where you just I like it, that it was him chasing them. Yeah. Like if he was aggressing to them to like get Yeah, I like killed. that aspect a lot. That yeah. was cool. Um overall though, in terms of the action, like 
I was really expect. I really expected. I've seen this movie before, but I was really expecting like the co- because the cover of the movie looks so cool. Cover so dope. And the name of the movie. Well, I've never seen this movie. I've only seen the cover before. Like I remember watching it. And, like the other guys, like Mark Warburg. That's like I suppose it's supposed to be like the hint to his character that he has like Cobra on his fucking bedroom wall. Yeah. And I was like, eh, okay. And like it really is like a pretty tame movie. Yeah. I was really hoping for like. Like a Robocop levels of like gore. Yeah, schlock, yeah. I want him like going in there, like into more convenience stores, just blowing people away. Yeah, I was expecting more of that stuff because they like, they talk about all the time how he like, he's breaking the rules and stuff like that. And he's like the, he's like the, the no hards barred cop. And he really doesn't do anything that's like outside yeah. of what a cop does, except that he like clashes with his superiors. That's really it. But really, there's, kills not people, like, but... there's no reason that like his superiors should not trust him. And also, by the time they keep saying, like, you kill people, Cobretti, he's yeah. only killed one guy. And that was a guy that had people as hostages. As hostages. And then later, when when the people attack him and he kills them, yeah. they're like, you keep killing people, Cobretti, but it's like, yeah, self def- they attacked my house. Yeah, it was like the, the, the one guy was like, yeah, could you try to do it without making a spectacle of it? And I was like... Yeah. People are attacking him. Like that's and, not really how this works. When he's like, "There's a mole," Do you have that's, that's a pretty high charge, Cobretti. They found my house, dude. Yeah, they found my house. They knew where the girl was in the hospital. There's no reason they should know that. Like, and they try to take her out of the city like fucking twice. Yeah. Like, dude, like there are so many things that they could do in this movie to make it better. That mole scene was like after the car chase, where it was like clearly they yeah. were ambushed in a car chase. Like clearly somebody knows something. There are so many things that they could have done with this movie to just small things, just script wise. Yeah. To make the pacing better, make mm-hmm. the story more coherent. And I don't think you could. Honestly, though, the cult thing could have been fleshed out more. Yeah, I think that I think that's one of the main things is that like, I mean, there's definitely parts where like you definitely could like tighten this movie up. But I think one of the main things is, yeah, there's really not any like clear motivation for like why these people are doing like what they're doing because even crazy people have like some sort of like so you just let the girl go yeah like you give up yeah i don't know it just seems it seems like yeah they're wasting a lot of cult members to try to get this one girl which makes like no sense you you could have killed 10 other people by doing that shit yeah also i found it really weird where they the to jump back to the last action scene in the movie it was super strange to me that you have the the thing where also, you have this entire movie where, like, Cobra's set up as, like, the the cop who doesn't play by the rules. Mm-hmm. Then you have the main bad guy being, like, I know you won't shoot me. I know yeah, you don't yeah. play by the rules. And then he also keeps calling him a pig. Yeah. And I'm, like, I think if you're trying to, like, not have somebody kill you, I think calling them a pig is the wrong option to do. Seriously. You know, I'm, like, the, the final scene overall, the action scene could have been done better. I mean, the, the, yeah. the death scene was very cool. And the yeah, guy, the death scene was dope. The guy sells it really, really well. And it's super brutal and it's intense. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps coming back to Cobra's face. I'm like, what? You, what's the point of that? Like, yeah, just, just let, they're taking it too long. Yeah. Um, and it's almost awkwardly long. Mm-hmm. But just like everything else in this movie, man. Yeah, I everything's think, just a little too long. Uh, the pacing's weird. The music choice is weird. The action scenes are okay, not enough to be great. Yeah, and. You don't get enough out of Cobra or even the girl to really care or even mm-hmm. the other guy to really give a shit about what's happening. Yeah. And they really don't – the pacing between Acts 1 to 3, especially 2, like 
it's almost like act one is almost like the fucking intro of the movie like the first scene like in terms of yeah. like just the the, the hostage scene because it takes like mm-hmm. 15 minutes for that yeah and like you don't need to do 15 minutes to learn about the character you can have like a quick five minute opening scene where he like walks in and shoots the guy like you could be, yeah. it could be like it could literally just be like hostage scene happens, which is like a seven minute long intro scene of him actually walking to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You could have literally be like call Cobra, Cobra pulls in, talks to nobody, walks in, sees the guy, kills him right there, walks back out. Yeah, and that's that's all you need to do, and you get who Cobra is. Mm-hmm. He's a no fuck you, I'm gonna kill you. Walks in, shoots the guy, and leaves. Yeah, that could be the whole, and the whole scene of the reporter. You don't need all that's all extra bullshit. Yeah. Just, that just fluffs the movie and makes the pacing so awkward because clearly by the end of Act 2, they're like, oh, we have to start rushing towards the finale. Yeah. So well, it's me... like, I don't There just seems like there's so many moments where they just slow down for no reason. Like, they have that moment where they're, like, running away to, like, the safe house or whatever, and they have that, like, five or six minute long scene at, like, a fucking rest stop. Yeah, what's the point? Where they have, like, the Marion shit that, like, is not good enough to, like, warrant this like six minute hey, long wanna, scene wanna, to like get this Marion joke. You want to see something funny? Go ahead, go and call him. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck that guy's name is. Yeah. Gonzalez, I, mean, I, I think. I think it's Gonzalez. I mean, clearly it's supposed to be building up their relationship between her and him, but like, also just didn't care about their relationship. I, I just wanted to see some people. You're a shitty photographer who, who takes pictures of robots. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Go get killed, dude. Who gives a shit about you? She did almost get me too, though. So, you know. She what? She almost got me too. So, you know. How? You remember that shit in the in that first her intro scene where she's like with her manager? Oh, the yeah, guy's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, dude, like you can be doing it's like. Not some, for me. It's, not it's for, for your me. career. It's not for me. It's for you. You know what I mean? You know, it's I'm just like, career. don't think about it for me. Think about it for you. And I was like, oh, this yeah, is like well, Me Too Central. That's right. Like, he, he, he gets murdered right there, so that's okay. He does. He gets uh, he gets the axe to the face. Which like, is, okay. again, sad because the guy goes to chop him, hits the pipe, and then he still gets killed. Yeah. Fucking pussy. <sighs> well, Zach, overall, yeah. on a scale of uh, one to five, five scale, what do you, what do you, oh. give, what do you give 1986's, the movie that Sylvester Stallone turned, made instead of Beverly Hills Cop? I can't believe that. What do you, uh, what do you pick? For what do you give uh, Cobra? I think it's <sighs> this is a two. I'm, I'm flouncing between like a a two point five and a three. I'm not sure exactly which because I it's not above average. No, it's definitely not above a three. I just don't know if it's like yeah. I think it's a two point five. I think it's I think it's just a little too long, and there's just too much stuff that could be trimmed up to give it a three. I think it's yeah. like a two point five. I see where you're coming from. I give Cobra two because even in the eighties, there are movies that are doing, doing Cobra better than Cobra. Mm. And with those things being out there with who he is as as an actor with Rambo first part two, like you, there's no excuse to not be able to make um, this movie as cool as it could have been. And they put all the money into the car, into the jacket, into the Henley shirt. Yeah. And they just did it. The atmosphere of the name with the artwork, with the character portrayal, didn't match what the movie actually gave me. Yeah. So I think Cobra's a two. It could have been a three point five if they tweaked up those those things we talked about. Yeah. Um, I could or, definitely see this being like a yeah a three point five. Or to like... if they added more gruesome murder scenes, like from Cobra. 
like if COVID yeah. was killing people more intensely and more actively, mm-hmm. it would have yeah. it definitely would have made it a higher, better, uh, a better movie in my opinion. Yeah, I think that was another part too. Is that it just felt like all of it felt like super impersonal. Yeah, like they really it didn't really seem like he had like much of a stake. I think this the scene where he had like the most stake in it was like the car chase, which was um, I think one of the scenes that was like one of the more like intense. It feels like he has like a stake in like what's actually going on. Everything else seems kind of like detached it didn't really seem like he there was any like personal motivation for him in in those in those actions i would honestly be fine with that because he's a cop so it's the job but i would want you to do him to be so impersonal and so detached that he doesn't care about dropping more bodies like like Mm -hmm. what the guy keeps saying he's doing like oh you kill everyone well show me because at that that point you only show me you only kill me he kills like four dudes because they attack him it's a really good moment of the, yeah, like show, don't tell. So. Like, don't tell me that he's a badass. Like, show me the scenes where he's out there, like, you know. Yeah, the one the one action scene at the beginning is not enough to, like, establish that, like, this guy's a badass. It, it, it really is not. And because yeah. you, you know he the guy should die because he killed some kid randomly. Yeah. He has hostages. So, yeah, it doesn't really, doesn't really make sense. Um, yeah. But we can end the episode there. Yes. First episode of 80s Action Movie Month. Yes. In the bank. We'll see y'all back next week for part two. Yes. Um, and we'll figure out what movie we're doing after we stop recording. Okay. So thanks guys for watching. Thanks for listening. Yes. See you back next week. See you guys.